0: To sell some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 21. 21? Holy We're old crap. enough to drink now.
2: Yeah. Ooh, we're, we're,
1: we're old enough to drink. Fantastic. Which never stopped you, but. <laughs> I did not really drink before 21. First time I ever drank and got drunk. First time I ever actually drank, I was 17, 18. i was out of high school you made up for it i did (laughs) quite a bit actually anyway how are you scott how you feeling i'm i'm great i'm feeling better i'm a little bit of a rough day today as i told you earlier off camera
3: but um yeah three hour nap helped so we're we're doing
1: good good i wish i have not had a nap i've been going since i walked in the door from work so it's gonna be a fun evening. I can tell. Uh, we're gonna start out with this. Uh, our dream came true. Our dreams, our hopes, and we have Terry and David, Terry J. Webb, and David Fisher of Amazing Figure Modeler, are our guests today. Uh, it finally worked out, and we were able to get them on the show. So, and and Terry let David talk a little bit. I know. So can you was... believe it? Yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Pretty cool. So that that's coming up here. Um. We're running a little late on when this episode should be out. It's going to be out before the end of the month. Which means I'm pulling an all-nighter tomorrow.
3: But the good news is, the next episode,
1: we are recording
3: the interview on Saturday, so it should be really easy to get out on time. Yeah, so... As long as you don't slack off like you do most of the time. Okay.
1: I'm going to ignore that. Okay. Okay. Uh we normally use this moment this time for our movie critiques and I'm the only one that saw this movie and I'm I think I'm as angry about this movie as you were about Kong uh Mortal Kombat If you've never seen or played Mortal Kombat you might be entertained by this movie If you have played you the be entertained. G- <laughs> If you have played the games And have, like, a vested interest in this. I know to most of our audience, I'm sounding like the young idiot that plays video games. I like Mortal... I used to go to the Oasis over the expressway to play Mortal Kombat in high school because it was so hard to, like, get on on a machine at the actual arcade. So to practice, we would hop a fence and get on... Because we wouldn't drive on the expressway and go into the Oasis over the expressway and play Mortal Kombat because there was no one ever there playing it. Anyway, big fan. The movie is terrible. Terrible. And it's They don't even want to fight. The fights are awful. They're not even that choreographed. I know we sound like a hateful bunch of assholes at this point. With <laughs> a hateful with bunch of moviegoers,
4: movie-goers. I we just are. want
1: to see a movie we like. This like they invented a character for the movie that had makes no sense to me, could have been replaced easily by a character that's part of the canon that they bring back to, spoilers. That's supposed to be in the sequel. They the, the tournament doesn't really even happen. They ki- oh, It was violent and bloody. Yes. Mortal Kombat should be. And that's what I was like, oh, finally, they're going to do it right. Oh, my God. If you. Oh, it could have been so good. Was Mortal Kombat the video game that like you'd reach in and pull the guy's skull and spinal yes, cord out? Yes, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's I the that game. Cool. Yes. So. And, and they did some of that. Like, they did some of the actual fatalities. But they messed up characters. They didn't. It, it
2: anyway. Watch it
1: and see if I'm wrong. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, there is no way you could like that movie. There's no way. It was. Well,
3: careful now. I said that about that piece of crap I watched. I, and look at all the response I, I got. That's true. Well, I really wish. But you had people. Had recorded, there were
1: people that agreed with you.
3: Yes, and I really wish we could have recorded Terry's review of that movie after the interview because we should have kept it going. We should. It was pretty funny he, he was actually um,
1: worse than you so
3: he was but he was spot on the <laughs> only thing on. he disagreed with me he didn't think it was quite as bad as the dealer on movies yeah. but uh yeah no
1: yeah. it was good moral combat man I'm. i was so looking forward to it anyway let's move on because we got to kind of keep this rolling today let's let's move on We've uh, got we're gonna go to our giveaways yeah giveaways um, we have to do a flashback to a giveaway first. And that was the Typhon Studios t-shirt. It found a home. And that home is on the skinny body of one. Dude, I hate this guy. Look at him. He's turning blue. I, I I, mean, to be that young and good looking would be... Not that I have a crush. Yeah, but, but... like his hair's
3: going. <laughs> yeah. He's on the way out.
1: Yeah, all right. Charlie okay. Robson... Charlie one for the team and i sent him the shirt all the way up to canada um and here he is modeling that shirt thank you charlie uh you you've done you've done well with that shirt i hate you and he's got arms and that guy anyway yeah i'm pretty wife that's pretty. what happens when you do yeah that's what happens he's got when a you do pretty push-ups. wife a pretty kid and uh yeah it's like he hit the lottery yeah this guy yeah, i hate so, it yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so, this episode, we are giving away our Jaeger Army card. Pa-pow! And, Scott, tell him what I didn't notice about my card.
3: So, anyway, that was one of their chase cards that he didn't even realize he got. So, his card I, is actually I, signed by Jeff. So. I, I, I thought everyone's was. That's
1: where I, when I saw <laughs> no, it, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I just figured yeah. everybody's
3: was. So, anyway, um, yeah. You know, he was a big winner and didn't even know it. But uh, this will... Uh, Story of my life. We've got three of these to give away. We're going to give one away this week. So if you didn't get in this week's drawing, there's still time. And if you're already in, you'll stay in. Um, and it'll entitle you. You can get the Jaeger uh, Army um, exclusives uh, when they come out. gives you the chance to buy them. And um, and
1: our winner is? And our winner is? Kendall Conniff. Kendall Conniff. Awesome. Awesome. Kendall Coniff gets the first Jaeger card, 387027 put it in the camera all right we'll get a hold of you kendall and i'll mail it out to you and uh and everyone else is still in the drawing so everyone else is still in the
3: drawing and there's still time to enter if you want to club yeah model club tv oh that's right you got a button um model club tv at gmail.com uh just whatever jaeger put jaeger on there or whatever and you'll be in the jason will send you a number and you'll be entered still so there's still two more to give away. And again, thanks to those guys uh, for yeah. uh, donating that.
1: Okay, so our next, our next giveaway, man, we're just like Santa Claus. That's why I look like this. We're giving so much stuff, away. And, and we're gonna have a giveaway today too. Yep, uh, yep, and another one to announce actually. Um, this is for oh crud! I gotta get the whole thing back up. The uh, Monster Jones Boxo stuff. Remember, that's there's some cool stuff. So- the Monster
3: Jones box of stuff. And that shirt might actually fit somebody.
1: Yeah, that one will. All right, here we go. The Monster Jones box of stuff is coming to you. Wait. I want to do it on camera. I wasn't doing it on camera.
2: Here it comes. Who? Oh. I don't think we can do this. Why? Yeah, I guess we can.
3: Kendall Conniff. <laughs> oh, for shit's sake.
1: <laughs> are you serious?
3: Wow. Kendall, it's too bad you're not, we're not doing this live. i tell you to go buy a lottery ticket.
1: Oh, man. Kendall Conniff gets both? Holy cows. Ah, That's it. Kendall Conniff. He won both. Yeah, really, dude. Go play the lottery. Wow.
3: And thank you, everyone, for entering. Thank you, everybody, um, for entering. And again, the Yeager Army cards are still out there and available. And uh, what else do we want to talk about this, this week's giveaway yet or not? Um, so, our friend Mark Worthling, again, another drinking game every time he's mentioned. Um, as I told you last episode, he is making this cool Aurora King Kong replacement head. And incidentally, I had to pay for mine, even though I have cancer. <laughs> um, but uh...
1: technically, do you, though? Technically.
3: So anyway, not anymore. Now, technically, so I technically
1: I you can't say that.
3: Anymore. So anyway, this is sculpted by Jeff Yeager, as long as we're on the subject of Jeff Yeager. It seems like we always are. And this is a King Kong replacement head. And I'm going to try to get, let my camera focus. I think what I got to do is block me. Then, wait, 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 I... Go
1: back right where you were. That's kind of in focus right there. Go back. Okay.
3: So anyway, um, this is it. This is not the one you'll be. Oh yeah, this is the one you'll be getting. Okay. I have two of them. Like I said, I paid for mine. So, um, <laughs> worthling, you bastard. So, um, <laughs> and Mark's, Mark's wife, Shanna, is a really big fan. We got to get her an autograph photo. Um, cause she's a really big fan of ours. And anyway, Mark was, uh, it comes with the head,
2: the head and the teeth, which
3: Mark was so kind. I don't know. Oh yeah. You can see it. Top and bottom T B. Okay. TB. And
2: um also comes with a nice uh, Aurora style uh,
1: King Kong nameplate. Very so, cool. Um well thank you, Mark. And, and then uh and Pestil- nice of Mark,
3: I- of course, to think everybody that buys from him is an idiot <laughs> because he gives these directions explaining the T and the B. Okay, so um <laughs> There you go, Mark. And I never got that one out. I'm, so I'm, I'm so mad. I'm so mad at myself.
1: I had planned to make a pestilence labs button <laughs> because we always need one. Um, okay. But thank you, Mark, for that giveaway. So yeah. send an email to modelclubtv at gmail.com and put Kong in the subject line for the Kong head giveaway for next episode.
3: Yeah. And I, and I told Mark um, when these came, and it was nice they came yesterday just in time. I told him it's always nice to get some head from you.
1: Um, so uh, he was like, hey. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, but, I have another um, one it... announcement to give away, Give, but I'll talk about it when we get to it. In
3: a okay. But yeah. So anyway, um, again, Kong head, Kong, whatever, model club, TV, at Gmail. And again, this fits the Aurora Kong. And uh, it's a definite improvement. And I will say this I'm not. I have a lot of these replacement heads and you know, it's my dream to actually build a set of Aurora kits as they are. But there are a few of them that have some really nice replacement parts that I want to build with. And this has now just been added to it. So cool. And also Atlantis is reissuing the King Kong very
2: shortly. So, um, there we go. Excellent. Okay. So, uh
1: yeah. And uh so that's giveaways. Um news and reviews. News and reviews. Have you gotten anything that you want to show? Uh yeah, but I'll do that at the end when I have the overhead key. Oh, okay, because I got let's go through two stupid things, but yeah, go ahead. Well not two stupid things.
3: So I've got I had a gentleman actually cast the and I don't know if you're gonna be able to pick this up even not the queen of, of uh diamonds, but I don't know if you can see the little black piece in there. Yeah. And there's also some resin ones to the left of it. So what those are is, uh, what these are, a cigarette holder from the Aurora Penguin model. Oh, cool. And it's a piece that's always missing. And there's a gentleman, Bon Ogle, who, uh, he charges like five bucks for it and he sends it to you. He sends it to you and he wasted a deck of cards, apparently. So, you know, (laughs) but, um, and I actually have a resin cast of that kit. And this is one of the pieces missing off of it. So, um, you know, that was kind of cool. I was able to pick that up. And then, and you've already seen this, but I'm going to show this real quick. Even though it's kind of not related. I sent this mini bust out to Creations in Chrome. It cost me 75 bucks, And uh, this Silver Surfer, obviously, for those that don't know. And they actually paint it. They do all the black painting and the eyes and all that and Bowen released like 500 of these in chrome and they're like between 350 and 500 dollars all the time. So this was a nice alternative. They have the chrome look but not really the real thing. So um yeah, cool. And I saw it yeah, cool in chrome. So Yeah,
1: it does. And I saw it in person so, too when we Yeah,
3: and it cost me 75 bucks, but I'm sure they do and the reason I'm saying this is I'm sure they probably do. Um resin models or something if there's something you want chromed so uh there you go and that's all i've gotten and again the king kong head
1: i I picked that up too that's here so cool that's all that's all i've gotten how to create a monster in carbonate
3: yeah this is awesome our friend rob who was on last week um his latest episode of monster model review he is actually a how-to which he hasn't done in a long time and uh it was a lot of fun watching him actually um and he talked about his Fink and carbonate. Carbonite, and this is, and I think this was, was it my idea? I don't know, or I, I, we talked about it, or we, and maybe it was my idea, I think he said to have the arms out, I don't know. But, um, so he did a uh, Aurora Frankenstein and Carbonite, and he did the whole, covered the whole thing. And um, there's things you can do different, you know, but the gist of the idea is really cool there. And...
1: Uh, it turned out really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It did. So um check that out. Jason will post a link, yep, Monster a Model link. Review. I think they're in our um
1: Yeah, if you go down to friends of the channel, it's in it's it's on our page on the YouTube channel. You can find it pretty easy. Yeah. So
3: yeah, and like all of Rob's videos, because Rob's a great guy. And uh like us, hit our like button, watch the video to the end, <laughs> and um, yeah subscribe. And he's got another one, Toy Archaeology. Um, which is a yeah, yeah, bunch of stuff. And they talk about old games and stuff there. So, um, yeah,
1: again, let's promote Rob. Rob's our guy. So Rob Mason, Okay. Charlie Robson again. Look up in the air. Uh, he decided he wanted to put out a model kit. You were supposed to go. It's a bird. And then I would go. It's a plane. Well, you never told me I was supposed to. Well, I gave you the lead in you <laughs> moron. Okay. All right anyway um uh, up in the me. air see
2: what? it's a bird it's a plane no it's
3: a stink bug in jason's basement <laughs> it's no it's uh crackers. it's superman the original the uh george reeves superman um sculpted by lace lee and this is going to be quarter scale limited to 25 and unfortunately as we'll talk about with our interview the first 25 are spoken for however if there is enough demand they will do a second run at some point so yeah. if you're interested in this piece definitely get a hold of Charlie Robson and let him know
1: there's a facebook uh, group is dedicated to this kit coming out so do this as well yeah. yeah so
3: you can message charlie um tell him we sent you i don't know that it'll do any good
1: but you know <laughs> probably make it worse
3: but uh you know, this is a kit, and remember, early on, I talked about this is one of those kits that yeah. I wanted somebody to do. And I wish it was 1-6 scale, the only gripe I have about it, but I'll live. It's quarter scale, I'll live. Um, and because it's a kit Scott. I want, but can you see the detail, like, in the cape? Yeah, it looks cool. And, and how that's raised, and that's how it was. I mean, if you look at photos of the um, costume. And there's a lot of photos of the costume out there. When I first saw this, I go, well, he looks kind of funky, like his, you know, his pants are way high and stuff. But if you look at the actual photos, this is exactly how it was. So, um,
1: you know. It looks great. And I mean, for a first kit, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty ambitious and risky because you don't know, there might not be a lot of people out there. So thanks for doing that. I mean, it was on Scott's list, which is pretty cool.
3: And I forgot to, was it 200, I think it was.
1: 225
3: okay is the cost but i'm not 100 percent sure and i think paul gill is going to do the casting and uh because he don't have enough to do otherwise um he's really got a lot going on but anyway um yeah i'm really looking forward to this charlie talked to me about some future projects um that he may do as well you know if this goes really well and it looks like it is going well so um, those of you on the list for this, be patient. It's gonna take a little while. Um, like I just joked, Paul's got a lot going on most yeah. of the time, but I do know it is on the way to him. It has been boxed and shipped to him. So um
1: And this uh next picture is Charlie scarring his kid's kid. Yeah, for so life.
3: Charlie posted this on Facebook today, and this is his son Lincoln, and uh my only reply to this was simply <laughs> this kid's gonna be in therapy someday and i hope this picture comes in handy um
1: actually that's funny when i was i was probably three my uncle bob i was born up my i probably should i give my birthday out on the internet i don't know whatever yeah halloween it's halloween (laughs) jerk so my birthday is on halloween so people always dressed up i remember like vividly my uncle bob coming to the door with a wolfman mask on when i was like three and i was terrified And I ran screaming away from the door and it was very similar to that. Oh man. But yeah, that's very cool.
2: So um, there you go, Charlie, damage your kids some more. Yep. Damage.
1: They they, they turn out fine. Look at me.
3: Yeah. Um, The next two kits that I saw that I thought were interesting. These are both coming from Needful Things. Um, This is Brody and Hooper and they will be coming out as soon as rob i guess gets a shop because um for those of you that don't know rob moved to north carolina and from new york and uh he's really having a hard time adjusting down there uh, apparently uh they don't drive with their finger out the window down there as much which is Poor funny because recently i i spoke to uh, tony cipriano who's moved back to new york from florida and he says every day someone's flipping them off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um yeah it was um is pretty
1: funny but um so those are going to come from needful things someday and um they look good i they more jaw stuff always better
3: and then the last thing that i saw and it's not really well
2: i guess it's a review um is um
3: this gentleman I think his name is Clark Van Dyer and I'll shoot him a message just to let him know we showed his kit. And this is an Aurora Frankenstein. This is not a garage kit. This is an Aurora Frankenstein that he built the base out of wood and whatever else he used for the thing and reposed the Aurora Frankenstein into this scene. That's awesome. And I I just think it's, it really turned out nice. Um, You know, does it have the likeness of a, you know, the Jaeger kit that's the same and all that? No, of course it doesn't. But, um, you know, what a project. What a guy that takes an Aurora kit and really customizes it and decks it out. And uh, I think he did a really cool job.
1: Yeah, um, that is really, really cool.
3: So Clark, uh, really nice job on that. I, um, Yeah, I, I, I kind of watched, because I'm on the Aurora groups, so I kind of watched as he did this, and I was like, wow, he's going all out on this. you know? Yeah, that's cool. So, um, well done.
1: Well done. Okay, the first thing I got here is CG Blade finished his first resin kit for his Pseudoverse series. Uh, he, The pictures here... So it's not actually a resin it, it is a resin kit, but it is a 3D printed kit. Um he this is what I was talking about before. He's gonna be sending us a printed copy to give away on the show. Um, this is Crimson, and he is making it available on Game Body. So if you want to go down, go over to Game Body and download the STL files and print it yourself. I think it's uh $29.99 for the kit itself to print on your own if you have a printer. Um there are ways I think you can order prints through game body. If you don't have a printer and there are, I think some other ways he's going to make it available, but uh, looks pretty cool. I think. And uh, the other thing he said, he's going to give away the entire pseudoverse books, novel series. Um, when I get this, I haven't received it yet. So I think it'll probably be next episode or, or further on down the line, but that is coming soon. So, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool I, kit. I wonder if he named those bees after us. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I think those bees existed before we did, in, in his mind. Um, The next thing I got is uh, on Scott and I's little adventure we're going to talk about in just a couple seconds. I picked up, and I'm going to turn on the overhead camera for for this. Oh, watch that light. Uh, Wait. This is a Bandai kit that I picked up called cup noodle and it is a model kit and there's just of cup noodle ramen noodles uh i thought this was hilarious and i think i had seen them somewhere in hobby japan a while back and i didn't ever think i'd see one at a normal hobby shop around here so i went ahead and picked it up i have not opened it yet i might do a little opening on my own youtube channel and do an unboxing of that as well uh, because
3: your youtube channel is more important than ours
1: uh it is sometimes. Oh, why is this like that? But the more important thing is Stan oh, that's Arts. that's better. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, Stan Arts. I purchased the Search for Luke, the Tauntaun, Han Solo on the Tauntaun. So give me a second. I have purposely not really gone through the kit yet. I wanted to just kind of do an unboxing as we go. So, um, and first of all, I want to say. Wow. It is fantastic. It comes with some pretty cool... I mean, the guy can draw and paint and sculpt. No, I hate that guy. I like, what he, just, he does everything. So, He's got it all. So, let me just... This is how it comes. There's tons of parts. And it's amazing. So what they did is he went back and rekeyed all of it. Basically, did a re-sculpting job on the whole thing. Um to try and get in it, the cost went down. It's 185 now. And the cost went down from 200 cuz I think he shrank the base a lot. Um but I just wanted to kind of go through some of these parts. Look at all what you get. Pretty wow. good. Like for 185. I like I'm looking
3: it, at this. I'm doing this cuz I can't see it Everyone I know. Is.
1: Scott can't yeah. see anything. Uh the way I'm doing this. So you get your head, but I'm going to put this light on now, and it kind of blows me out. Show it. everyone the parts.
2: Uh, Does that light work? I think it looks
1: better without it. Or maybe I turn this light on. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Glad we worked all this out before the hey, show. I, I know. We didn't have time. So, there's some pretty cool stuff in here. And if I
2: were to just kind of get up in there you have lower jaw you got horns
1: and the size of this thing is truly like just massive it really is so that's what I want to kind of make sure everyone gets to see is here's the body alright there's the body show the keys the the keys are like flawless they fit like right there that strap Mm -hmm. hides the seam really really well it just kind of goes on there um even though this lower jaw piece once there's i mean there's a little piece you got to get off there but it works trying to do it without that looks that's ginormous i'm so excited for this um there's so much here and it's kind of hard to go through because there is so much
3: now some of it is 3D printed, right? Some yeah, of it's 3D so that printed. I'm gonna get,
1: there is like some some parts are 3D printed. The vast majority of it though, is. I mean that's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm I could not be more impressed with this. So let me get this in. I'm trying to do it while I'm so fits in there. Out there. I mean, there's a tiny bit of putty work. It's ho- The body is mainly hollow cast, it looks like, because you can kind of see through it with the light. But that's a body.
2: It's pretty big. So let me move off the side. The 3D printed parts come in a separate pouch, separate bag. And
1: uh, the modeler... I Jason modeler. likes to say sack. A sa- no, I do not like to say sack. That's a Southern Illinois thing that drives me insane. When you go somewhere, they're like, would you like that in a sack? I'm like, no. The bag. Idiot. Um, these are the 3D printed part. So, some of these parts are machined. Like, look at this. This is a model kit, guys.
2: Look at all this stuff.
1: Um, I'm assuming those are for the reins. I gotta read the instructions. But when you get these tiny little... I think that's for the viewfinder. You get
2: Oh no, it's still focused on my hand. You don't that. lose it all now. No. Oh. And that's what I'm afraid of because there's some clear parts. Like, there's some belt. You get the, oops, you get the belt still on the supports. Support. There's the goggle lenses are cast in clear. Wow. Um, Han Solo's gun. Again, like, that's what it's taken. Yeah, there we go. Um, This is a model
4: kicker.
1: Some great, great little details that are in there. And I could not be happier with this thing. Um, Let's get on uh, Han's face here for a second and get some of the body pieces for him. So he's built and there's flashing on there. I got to take off, but he sits on there pretty well. His face.
2: So what scale would you say he is? 1 eighth?
1: I no, Maybe.
2: Maybe. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like. Yeah, maybe 1 eighth. It's not 1 6th. It's a little smaller <coughs> than that. So maybe mm-hmm. 1 eighth. Um. But it's looking like, man, I don't even know. I almost want to do a separate review and put it up here. But there's, you can see there's a space.
3: So you know what I want you to do? Hmm. Just take an X-Acto knife and stick it through the hollow body of the thing and see if it smells worse on the inside than the outside. <laughs> and every Star Wars geek in the world will get
1: that one. So uh, I want to pop the tail in here. Just to give you an idea, like,
2: look at that. You get the general size, right?
1: Yep. That's a nice kit. Really nice kit. Um, thank you, Stan Arts. I, I really, I. And then. The and things. I want to say,
3: as long as you're on the subject.
1: Yeah, let's keep going. While I kind well, of. You
3: while you're on the subject, it. okay. I just want to say. This is the first, for a first time I had ever heard of them. And it ended up on eBay. And I picked this up, and they still sell this. And look at this thing. It's
1: beautiful. That is gorgeous.
3: And uh, they still sell this. And when I got it, it didn't come with a nameplate. And now they make a nameplate. And they were nice enough to send it to me. Um hollow cast but very thick i mean this thing's heavy okay so even though it's hollow it's heavy and uh really nice likeness um
2: i liked it
1: i love it and uh so when
3: i knew you were going to talk about that i figured i'd bring that up from the stash and uh, i've never
1: seen that someone holding that so that i wanted to see how big that actually was that's pretty
3: yeah and i'm not sure if it's a true one to one, but man, it's pretty close. I mean, if you hold it against my big head, chin big head, yeah, yeah. Head. I'd have to say it is. Uh, but again, there's daughter. those
1: keys. I mean, look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to go through all this. I, I wish I had a bigger area in the camera spot to do it because I've never had to review or put something up with this many parts. There's just so many of them. So, I, the only thing I gotta look at is the keys on this and figure out how he he goes together um but wow i everybody please check out stan arts they have their etsy site i'll put their info up here um again mm-hmm. the kit's 185 they got it to me super fast and can i let me put this camera back on
2: this is one of the 3d printed parts let me pull this down that's not cool Um, what is up with my camera today? I think there's just so much going on on my table. There we go. So these are, I mean, you get these really spindly and Scott, so you can see tiny, tiny little, Mm -hmm. and
1: they're cast. It's, I mean, that's printed, but it's fantastic. Like everything here is just. Well super super cool. And
2: the only gripe I have.
3: Uh oh, a gripe for Stan Arts is between the two of us. We I own kinda 66- know what you're gonna say. I kinda sixty six percent of their kits.
1: <laughs> and
3: uh so he's got a uh stormtrooper on the do back, is it? Yeah. And um man, he does great work. Um and I just can't wait to see more of it. Uh, I think he's working on an Indiana Jones, which is again, another, I think I touched on that when I talked about wanted kits. Um, so again, hopefully another, uh, hopefully another winner, but uh, yeah,
1: this is just, I mean, the, the that thing's piece, amazing. Yeah. It's so well done. And I'm going to put up, he started painting the Tauntaun itself. And I, I, I'm I'm going to put that up here now. It's, he's a good painter. <laughs> it makes me mad.
3: Yeah, that sucks. It's one of those guys with all the talent, you know, I can sculpt and paint. Um, And he's also taking commissions now, painting commissions. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll show a little gallery of uh, his yeah, paintwork for sure. And uh, he's for hire. And I can tell you, although I've never spoken with him, most of the communication will come from his wife, Laura, and she is just so nice so i can only imagine just these are really nice people to do business with
2: yeah like
3: and and i and i will vouch for them personally they're uh on ebay (laughs) i well they're on ebay but you know if you buy from ebay they get hit with all the fees and stuff so and look up their facebook page buy direct or i think they have an etsy shop as well yeah where they don't get hit with the fees I think she told me he just sold a painted Frankenstein bust and um, the fees were 61 bucks, you know? And it's like, so, um, but yeah, the guy can paint too. So,
1: so just so we real quick before, cause I know I'm going to lose stuff now. Um, there's the part list.
2: Uh, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> that's a lot.
3: Yeah, this Frankenstein bus was only uh, four parts.
1: Oh, yeah, I know that's that, and and it's not like, I mean, you get parts that are that small. Like, this is a model, a modeler's model kit, which I really, really mm. like. I mean, look at like, look at that. those are three D printed. Those are sweet too. So, thank and you. And the cool Stand thing Arch- is,
3: there's plenty of reference for that that you can paint. Yeah, and uh...
1: I mean, thinking back, and, and I know we're going way long, today, but I mean, this is imp- like. When I, what got me into making models was when Empire Strikes Back came out, they did like a making of thing and they had Phil Tippett specifically talking about the Tauntaun and how he would like, I remember them like in the episode, in this show manipulating the puppet's mouth and the stop motion puppet's mouth and how they did the motion like the, the stop motion on the Tauntaun and to have like a kit that's that close to the actual stop motion puppet is, and it looks better than the puppet. I mean, it looks like a the real beast. But this is something I've kind of always wanted, with someone to do this and the Dewback too. That's next on my list. Like those were, the, I have the toys sitting in a box, my Tauntaun and my Dewback that I got out of the J C catalog. I remember. I think you had to send away for the Dewback. The Tauntaun I got separate, but man, this
3: well and correct me if i'm wrong but the dewback wasn't even in the movie
1: it was in there for it's like, in the extended
3: version yeah it's in the new ones right
1: the, the one that version is in the extended but in the original there was like a scene where you only saw its head you never like saw what the body looked the whole like. thing and, okay. yeah you never saw the whole thing so like man this is so cool it's so cool and you know what's weird
2: is it me yeah there's not a lot of star wars kids
1: Like, they're really a garage kit. Are there a lot? Like, if you think back, there's not that
3: many. Everybody in their brother's doing a baby Yoda now, but I mean, other than that. that,
1: Like, think about it. They're really one six scale. There was those Polydata ones. There was. There's not a lot. There's some random Darth Maul. AMG did a
3: few that weren't that great. But I'm talking Um, like straight up garage kits like this.
1: Like, no. No, not there's there. not a lot for people. There's a lot of ships, but not figures. And this is, I'd love to see him keep doing Star Wars stuff that's uncommon. And yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with this thing. And I hope more people... Order it and, and make them a lot of money. Look, they've hit
3: they've hit on both of us. Uh, I know classic <laughs> monsters and Star Wars and yeah. Now now we're working on Indiana and, Jones. Indiana Jones, and...
1: yeah, absolutely. That should there. Why aren't there Indiana Jones kids? There's like a couple, but not like. Oh, if they do Mola Ram holding the heart, that'd be so yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, thank you, Stan Arts for
2: sending this along to me. I. I.
1: I'm so happy I paid, I bought it. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, and again, it's one of those kits, people. like, sometimes you'll get a kit and you're like, man, I shouldn't have spent that money. But, this is cool.
3: And, and again, it's great cool. people to do business with. Yep. Um, I know she even sent me a message when I got home from the hospital asking how I was doing and stuff.
1: And, uh, I didn't even do that.
3: No, because you don't care. <laughs>
1: okay. So anyway, I'm going to try and pack this all up. Uh, but, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna, when I build this, I'll I'll put up a video of me building it and get it done. There's Tauntaun, but.
2: Nice. Okay. He's a weirdo. He eats out of the garbage. Don't forget. If he All dropped right, that right. kit in the toilet. He'd still
3: build it. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
3: So That's anyway, we'll watch the gallery at the end. Yeah, um, we'll have
1: some of his work up.
3: And if you want to hire him, the information's there uh, for commissions. Um, And what's interesting, too, about the gallery, I'll say this, is that he doesn't only do figure kits. There's a couple um, hardware kits. There's an X-Wing and a Snowspeeder. So he's diverse.
1: Okay. Oh, can you see that? No, you can't see it. You'll see it when you watch the video, Scott. Yeah, like I watch these things after I'm done. (laughs) I don't either.
3: I'm, like, so sorry I even did them, like, like, 10 minutes after we're done.
1: This is so thin, and this is the yep. binoculars, and they're, like, perfect. I mean, I did get... This combines traditional with the 3D printing for some of the parts that need a more crisper, cleaner, machine-style mm-hmm. look to them. Which, which is kind of cool. A, yeah, I think that's uh, a great way to Maybe that's the future. Yeah to do some of that stuff that's a little hard well, because
3: yeah, you do all these little intricate well, here, pieces I, and part of it is, and,
1: and I and, think we've talked about this before on some of it, like something like this, that's cloth, like a piece of leather. You can't really sculpt something that thin, right? But you can 3d print it. Cause if you try to do this traditionally, that clay is, right. is always going to be too much. Mm-hmm. And like, the well, and then if you go to print,
3: there, if you go to print the Tauntaun itself, it's going to take hours or days. Yeah. And uh, it's it's probably more cost-efficient to cast that in resin. You know, so this is a good um, mix.
1: Oh, man. So you'll you'll see this
2: later, but just like the belt buckle on this piece and the two little nubs coming off
1: of that, like, I can't even... There's no way you could traditionally do that without just making that a separate part and making it wire that would you put mm-hmm. on it thank you Stan Arts. um keep it coming please this is and we'll put again contact info below there's so many cool things in this kit that i don't even know where to start so the guy can sculpt the guy can paint
3: and the guy can uh, 3d render that's yeah. great
1: that's just great hey, do i look better with this light on
3: and uh, no, uh, not unless the sun was shining like three feet from you. I hate you.
1: Okay, back to the darkness. Let's
2: move on to the workbench Let's. Well,
3: Scott, you got anything?: Well yeah, I've been working on the Stan Arthes Frankenstein. No, <laughs> I have nothing.
1: All right I, I have a picture of mine. I've been building miniatures and Still working on the bar. Almost done.
3: Um, Technically, I shouldn't have even lifted this because it's heavier than... Uh, oh, you broke doctor's orders? Probably. No, I don't know if it's five pounds or not, but... Okay. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Wait, okay. you're only
1: really supposed to lift five pounds? Yes. Get out of here.
3: And that's where I ran into a little problem yesterday, and oh, I'm paying for it today. Okay,
1: all right. It's time for that segment that everyone loves called On the Road with Jason, because Scott don't go nowhere.
3: Until this episode.
1: Because Scott went somewhere with me. <laughs> Alright, so First we... First visited... of all,
3: whose idea was it?
1: Uh, mine. So... lie. Oh, no. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I dropped the part.
2: That's what you get for lying. I found it. Look at this. <laughs> I almost lost that i would have cried that looks like a scope um
1: where'd we go scott
3: we went to a couple local hobby um haunts that we're aware of that are about what half an
1: hour from our house 40 yeah. minutes from our house yeah and one and it's is funny they're um, like 10 minutes from each other
3: yeah one is uh leisure time hobbies and leisure hours. or leisure hours hobbies yeah okay leisure, yeah leisure hours, and um they they are really deep into RC cars and you know RC just RC stuff in general I guess but they have a spatter a little spattering of plastic kits and they do do some gaming stuff so they stock some gaming stuff there so that was kind of uh, that that's kind of cool I know Jason bought some uh, paint there yeah,
1: they they and, have uh, uh, drastically shrank their model kit collection uh, over the so. last couple of years but still they got some stuff and And then
3: down the street from there in crest hill um illinois waltz hobby shop now i first heard of waltz back when i had jury duty years ago and uh, i looked for hobby shops in the area because that's right i was in joliet downtown joliet illinois and um i found waltz and it was in a little different location than it is right now but um so i've kind of been you know going there from time to time since and i think i showed you waltz right we went I to i think i
1: saw it once and you're like have you ever been to waltz and I, was, I i said i've seen it i've never gone so
3: and now waltz is more trains and they have some slot car stuff and they have some rc stuff but a lot of plastic models um, and a nice variety of plastic models and a lot of paint and supplies and um and the train stuff, which can also cross over into what we do for dioramas yep. and stuff yep. like that.
1: A lot of cool and, stuff in there.
3: Yeah. So. um
1: And we found out testers is pretty much done.
3: <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Testers is done, and then Jason found something. Uh, what was it? Fine scale modeller.
1: No. Uh, oh yeah, fine scale modeller magazine puts out a rut, like what was it? Broken and run. I'll.
3: A weathering. Yeah,
1: weathering magazine. Which weathering I magazine. Yeah. That. So, so that was kind of cool yeah
3: but um it's nice to go somewhere that has plastic kits they must be selling them or uh a lot of planes a lot of military stuff um but they did have an, an aisle for figure kits and um that's where you got the cup of noodles isn't it did you yep, buy the cup right. of the noodles? Cup noodles? yeah cup and noodles. the guys looking at him like really you're buying this but um <laughs> You know, but it was nice to see some of the new releases at both of these places, too. Um The Wacky Races, the Snoopy Kits. Um, you know, it's nice to see both of those in hobby shops. Um,
1: yeah. And the like,
3: Bondi stuff, some of the Bondi Star Blazers stuff was there.
1: Yep, uh, and Gundams, of course. And
3: Yeah, Gundams are really big. We need to get really some Gundam people. Selection. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um so, yeah, and Ravelle
3: paints. We we saw these Revel and Humbral paints, wondering if anyone's used them, and if yeah. so, what's the verdict? Do you like them? Do you not like them? The Ravelle
1: paints that come in cubes, like they're little cube boxes. Cubes,
3: yeah.
2: Dude, so I'm um, still playing
1: with this model kit.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's not obsessive compulsive. That's Look at, all right. I'm hold on. on.
1: Look at this. So, can you see this foot? You can't just stick it right in. This is how cool this is. You have to like. Push the claws into the snow and then down, so it looks like the the claws actually go under the snow. So you don't have to seam it. Yeah, that's so awesome. Okay, sorry. So that was our on the road.
3: Yeah, with ADD, Jason Walker, and myself. Yeah.
1: Now you know what Scott goes through. (laughs) And then we went to lunch. And Jamie. Yeah, we went to lunch, which was tough. Um, Trying to find a place.
3: Yep. Well, we went to lunch and uh, ate like pigs and. I laid down in Jason's car and took a nap on the way home.
1: Oh, no. and I. And we went you. to our favorite comic store,
3: Amazing Fantasy, books and comics, in Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yep, to pick up I our pick up a few things. That, Hobby uh,
1: Japan to add to the pile.
3: I, Hobby Japan, and I, I, actually picked up my last print issue of Amazing Figure Modeler.
1: Oh, uh, that was bittersweet. It was.
3: Yeah, I mean, I already have it, but it was um, the last one
1: I picked up from them. So. And that's a great segue, Scott. I thought it might be. You did that on purpose? Sure. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me, too. <laughs> okay, great. So, <laughs> our our interview is here with Terry J. Webb and David Fisher of Amazing Figure Mob.
3: Yeah, poor David. You know, I, I can identify with what he goes through Uh, being the talent and then having a knucklehead. Uh, for a partner Knucklehead, so uh,
1: yes i agree <laughs> so uh
3: no i love terry terry's a lot of fun and really
1: knowledgeable about the hobby as well so. so yeah everybody enjoy this is a it's a good one we'll talk to you after all right everybody we are back with our guest terry j webb and david fisher of amazing figure modeler thank you both very much for joining us tonight it's truly an honor to have you both here with us
2: Great. Well, we've thank had you. terry
1: on before but thank you again
5: thanks for having us guys yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh I there's a lot going in on going on in Magazine Land. So I wanted to kind of We originally wanted to do this back before the issue came out, but we've got to the like basically the post of it. Uh and before we get to all that, how, amazing figure modeler, how did it start? That question is there for both of you. How did you guys meet initially in the beginning?
5: Um <laughs> just, you know, we I met Dave back in 91, but I knew of him before that when I used to write for the old magazine Model and Toy Collector. uh, We'd have people s- submit stuff in for the issues and everything. And back at that time, the state of pictures and modeling was pretty low caliber and everything. And Dave was like one of the few guys that started writing in, sending pictures of his stuff. And it stood like, you know, he'll say it was all junk, you know, with Sakuta kits and Aurora kits <laughs> and whatever. But at the time, it was, it caught my eye. And we, We really used him at issue 13. He started sending stuff in at issue 13. We did a monster special and that's when, that's kind of like his breakout at that point because all the stuff had been held. He was doing monster stuff. So we ran it, that's how I met him. And then I stayed in contact with them. He was coming to the show and I had this whole thing going in my head, doing what I was doing for the magazine, reviewing stuff, handling the advertising for the garage kits. And then doing, um, you know, the other stuff I was doing, the it section, whatever. I needed someone like Dave that could go into the modeling end of things and teach everybody. So, you know, I saw him as kind of like a valuable asset. It's as like, wow, this guy seems like he's a pretty cool cat and whatever. So we, we ended up meeting in 91. Uh, it was at the the uh, Louisville show. That mm-hmm. was uh, false fun stuff. Dave, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll let Dave tell it. But I, I met him. Before the contest started and everything, but that's when I first met Dave. Uh,
0: personally. We, met, we met the first 91 when I, that was my first show to go to Wonderfest. And uh, I had, I bought your, your book, your first book, and you autographed it to me, which I still have, <laughs> <laughs> my prized possession. But uh, I didn't even know some retirement money there. Yeah. <laughs> what was weird is I didn't even know there was a contest. I had no idea. So I didn't take anything that first year. And then the second year I took some things and that's the year that I, I won some awards. And I remember when I walked in the door, I think Lee Staten was taking tickets at the door. And I, of course, I didn't know who Lee was at the time, but I remember he walked up, I guess I had my name tag on. He said, you're David Fisher. He goes, Terry Webb's looking for you. And I was like, really? You know, I, yeah. So, you know, I went over to his table and he was like, Hey, you know, you need to be writing for the magazine. Uh, we just kind of talked about it, and that's sort of how it started. I did the, I started doing I asked columns. nicely. Yeah. I <laughs> but you know, what was ironic was I'm doing a painting um, article column in a black and white magazine. So you spend half of the article trying to explain the colors because they can't see them. Right. So it was, it was a interesting exercise in, in doing yeah. that type of thing. That was the, the irony of
5: back then. And I even told them right up front, I go, I know, it looking stupid said, you could just do this in black and white, no one ever known any <laughs> difference. But, but that was a, one of the big ironies of doing those magazines back then. You're trying to cover this very vivid, you know, expressional right. hobby, and you're yeah. limited. And it was the same thing, you know, just like trying to show people too, you know, because, you know, they don't have like scans that they can do now where, where the, the colors are vibrant and everything's shown. You can zero. Imagine, you know, matrix doc system of the, the black and white half tones. And it was pretty laughable. You go back and look at some of the old modeling <laughs> toy collectors. He's sitting there doing articles like on the Predator and uh, Eria, you know, and they look gorgeous because I'm sitting there looking at the photos, and I'm like, oh, these poor people. The <laughs> I,
3: I remember he did the Horizon Joker, and he's describing the purples. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, all that. Yeah, what, How many did
0: you do, Dave? Was it like eight? Do you remember? How many issues? Gosh, you... I'd have to go back and look. It was probably – 8 to 10 would be my guess. Yeah, that that would be my guess. I've got them all somewhere but yeah. And then as the story goes, you know I was doing that and then one night Terry called me and he was all upset because Bill Brugman, who was the publisher of the magazine had decided to sell it. And Terry was kind of like, I put all these years into this thing and now and the guy I think it was going to buy it if I'm not mistaken, he wanted to just do toys, correct? He wasn't interested. No, in he models. was more
5: of a TV guy.
0: Oh, okay. He had,
5: he had a TV history background so he wanted to cover Mainly the older TV shows, but with the toys and the collectibles that went along. right, right the angle. And I knew so, that wasn't
0: into it. we were kind of like talking about it. And that's that's sort of just kind of how it came about. It's like Terry had the connections and the experience, I had the graphic design experience. And I kept saying, you know, we could do it ourselves, we could do a magazine. And that's kind of how it happened. It was as easy, as simple as that. Do you regret that decision? <laughs> <After all. laughs> Daily. <laughs> Daily.
1: No, no, no. I'm just uh, well, it is
5: interesting you bring that up because when people think about doing a garage kit company or doing a show or you know a magazine, whatever, you're literally looking at a treadmill that is stationary when you're thinking about doing it. And I know for a fact most of the people I've met in this hobby, whatever they've done, they never really thought about well, what happens if this takes off. A lot of them wanted it to take off. Kind of like us on
1: episode 20 of this.
5: (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That like when you're doing this, you're literally like, you know, like I I compare this to, I remember reading about like what actors would say, be careful, don't get a TV show. Because when you get a TV show, you're literally tied to it and you can't do anything. And the schedule's murder Mm -hmm. and whatever. And, you know, what people don't realize about the magazine compared to the other magazines or the other self-published ones I had the benefit of working with the guy for seven years, so I saw all the the in you know all the ins and out, all the bullshit, all the highs, all the lows, and it worked with my personality and just who I am, you know, because I like I enjoy doing all that stuff. But bottom line is, when it went down, you know, when you do this stuff, I knew what I was getting into, and a lot of people I don't, until it's too late. That's why they just drop off the planet, you know, because the yeah. job they, they're looking for. Or the hobby they're looking to get into, you're literally taking what you love and you're turning it into a job that people are depending on demanding stuff or just all the crazy shit that does go down in a hobby that you see. that's why you see everybody exit it. It's usually the the people in the hobby driving the other ones out. you know
1: Dave, you mentioned your background a little bit graphic design Because 'cause we've talked to Terry about his before what is your background where did you like how did you get started in this initially as well
0: i uh well. My background, as far as that goes, I went to art school, I double majored, I did graphic design, I did illustration, and I really intended to be an illustrator, and um, moved to New York, and uh, under odd instances that happened up there, we moved back, and at that point, when I came back to Nashville, I was realistic in realizing that uh, it was going to be easier to make money as a graphic designer versus being an illustrator in Nashville, Tennessee. A few illustration jobs I got here were like drawing lawnmower parts or hamburgers <laughs> for McDonald's. You know, it wasn't going to be a really fulfilling thing to do. So uh, I, I went more toward the graphic design side. I got a job at an ad agency, worked there for two years. The guy that was my boss there, the main art director, he and I broke off, formed our own company, did that for six years. And then I went solo on my own in 1990. And then the magazine came just a couple of years after that. So that's kind of how that came about. That was okay. my background. Um, but when we started doing the magazine, I mean, I had zero experience with like at that time, like PageMaker, Quark, Photoshop. I had never done any
1: Quark. Of this. Oh my God!
0: Remember oh, Quark? Yeah. So I'm sitting. I'm sitting there. Oh. The first, you know, we did three issues. Terry had another partner for the first three issues. I was just kind of a side guy writing, and then I took over. Uh, production with the fourth issue and I'm sitting there at the computer with the manuals in my lap like you know uh, oh I've got to add folios to the page how how do I do that and I look it up you know and I was just step by step uh, learning how to do it on my own and it was it was a you know a daunting experience. And was Terry on the phone going is it done yet? Is it done yet? How's it going? How's it going Dave? Done?"
5: No I just asked him right you know from the get-go it was a pretty dramatic split on the other end. And I, I remember it was August 25th. I called them up. It's a Sunday. I call up Dave and I said, Well, it's all over. And it and it's, the whole thing is like the whole history of the magazine, the whole magazine itself could actually have a whole book. But, but what people don't realize is me and Dave were gonna do the do the the mag uh, the magazine and we knew we were gonna do it before we even did it. But then my uh my best friend from growing up. What people didn't realize, he was the guy that did my books. And at a time, he came along in, in the late 80s. He was one of those cats that kept up, like he knew about computers for anybody, really, was even, you know, the, computer was a word you'd heard in, you know, science fiction film or whatever. But he was talking to me back in 86 about getting his computer. And, you know, by, by 88, he was sitting there telling me, hey, you should do a book and whatnot. So that guy kind of insisted that, that he be a partner in with this. And Dave backed out at that point because what he did tell you was he had a nasty three-way experience on a partnership. So whoa, 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 I whoa,
1: whoa, whoa! What kind of three-way? What are we talking about? <laughs> not the good, no, it's, not it's, the it's good the kind. Not the good kind. the one we can talk Trust about.
5: Me. It. It's a partnership <laughs> in business. Not oh, in the okay, benefit.
1: business. Thank you, Terry, for clarifying yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Clarify that. But yeah, he had a he had a three-way, and under unbeknownst to me, I because we didn't really talk about his background or his what he was doing. We were so. When we talked, we always talked about the hobby and, yeah. and you know, the people in it, whatever. But we, we didn't even talk about, the, you know, our wives or really anything. It was just, uh, you know, universal monster this and, you know, whatever. So when when it all went down, you know, we had an understanding, me and Dave did, that we were going to do the magazine. That all changed after Mad Model Party. Because this whole thing co-escalated with my buddy Joe coming out and we all hung together and everything. So I broke it to him on that trip that like, look, you know, he he heard, got wind that we were doing a magazine and he looked at me and goes, well, I'm a partner. And I go, no, you're not because you're not in the inner circle of loving, like he's not a modeler where where me and Dave were. He was just a guy that liked the design and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. so I knew he wouldn't be on board and I was like, well, I don't want him to devote his time, his money, which I knew this is what it was going to take. And I just figured we were going to pay him and he'd be on the side. But then he insisted on being a partner. So I had to go back to Dave and say, hey, you know, this is a great thing just happened. Well, unbeknownst to me, Dave's literally just like walking out of this nasty divorce of a three way partnership he had. So here I come skipping, la 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 la. Hey, would <laughs> you like to join up with me and my buddy in a three way thing? And he's like, he's, and I remember what he said. He said, Terry, I will do anything for you in the magazine. But except for one thing, and he goes, I will not sign the papers for a three-way partnership. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really strange because I was young and naive. And so I ended up doing a, the three-way partnership with three, two other guys, and it all went to shit within two years. So oh, wow. it was at that point mm-hmm. that I called up Dave and I said, look, the dream's over with. You know this guy's just you know he's out of here. He's he's done with it. And- well, I think
0: I told you too at the time. I'm I'm look at me as a safety net because I felt like had I gone ahead and been a partner within a certain amount of time, none of us would have been speaking to each other, and the mag would have been just an afterthought by now. Uh, so I felt like let it let it all crash and burn, and I'll be there to pick up the pieces as far as the production end of it goes. And that's kind of what happened.
5: That's exactly so, what <laughs> happened. I called them up and. Dave didn't even bat an eye. He's like, "Well, all right." He says tomorrow. He says, "Send me what you got," and because really, what Dave did was he wrapped up issue number three. Yeah, twenty percent. He did like he just tied up all the loose ends and everything. Because number three was the stickler, and that's why number three was so rare. This whole shitball thing happened, and I down, you know, I just uh, didn't print as many. Yeah, And, and everything picked up, and with you know Coons being in the issue and. Wang, they were both really hot at the time, so it sold out yeah. like literally as soon as it, it day had hit, and then I was like, "Oh, lesson learned there, you know, yeah, yeah, so that's how we got the magazine underway. So Dave came in, it was like ninety six we always kind of look at like ninety six because I think all that shit went down like in the fall of, of ninety five okay and then, uh, so, but yeah, that's that's how that the magazine got going.
1: Dave, when would, I remember picking up an issue of Airbrush Action and you were in there, was this the same time or before?
0: I want to say. Or, or were
1: you doing them like both at this like? Group? I think
0: I did airbrush. I think that if it's the one where they did the article on me, I think that was like we had started the magazine. I believe. Okay. It was after. It was yeah, after.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's what, I, just, I, can't I can't remember, remember what I,
0: year that was, but but it was. Okay, It had to be like 95, 96 would be my guess, ninety seven.
3: Well, you're lucky. I had that sitting here for a long time,
0: and now you just moved it. Yeah, really I think Dave, that. it was around 95. <laughs> that heart seems heartbreak. about
1: right because I picked it up when yeah. I was in college, I think. 95 or 96,
5: okay. I think, because yeah. they did, I think he did a couple of them for it. But that, I remember I talked to the guy and he was literally trying to get, he was just trying to get subscribers to the magazine because he was feeling the pinch at the time. Yeah. And they literally were like airbrushing fingernails, bowling balls, <laughs> you know, car hoods. Yeah. I mean, every issue. Had jackets, crazy everything. And, yeah, yeah. And they saw the model kits and they saw Dave and, I think he actually tried to get a lot more out of you than he actually did. Yeah, but
0: it was just, you know, it was one of those things where I, if I was going to do an article, on, I wanted it to be in our magazine. And there was a couple of right. things that I let him have. Um, you know, there was a situation where he wanted me to do the Soryama piece for an article for, for them because Soryama was, you know, in the airbrush art and all that type of thing. And I did it. And then after I did it, they freaked out and go, oh, we can't show this. It's got nudity. And I'm like, well, you knew what I was doing before I even started. Was that the
1: Blind Beauty one? I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it was just, it was kind of a weird situation. So it it didn't go much further after that. Yeah. So
5: fast forward a little bit. Back then, a lot of people didn't (laughs) realize that we, we ran into a lot of stuff like that behind the scenes where, you know, I always said there was the garage kit market, which to me was just the underground gunslingers you know, just doing whatever they want, flying by the seat of their pants, and then you had the establishment, which was IPMS, or maybe it was testers, or yeah. whatever, because you know, we were doing trade shows, so we were exposed well beyond, you know, just the garage kit people, we're, you know, me and Dave, we pal, we put on suits a couple times to, to do the trade shows. Oh, so I yeah. remember
1: you came to the Illinois trade show, and we yeah. did that. Yeah, several
5: yeah. times, yeah, we did several years, we but did like three, three times. times. Yeah. But you'd meet people there, and there was always some fun stuff, like there was one, one of my uh, uh, stories I remembered from it. The first year we went there, it was 96. This is the Chicago Hobby Trade Show, yeah, which uh, had the nickname of
0: Richter. Richter.
5: Richter. Richter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was all the heavy players. You know, a space was about a thousand bucks or two or whatever. And, you know, just to get there, it was several grand. So you didn't really see garage kit guys, by and large, show up there.
1: No, and I think when I when I went there I was fully expecting to be able to buy things. Mm. And it was
5: just a trade show. It was just no, to look no, at you stuff could. And like,
1: But it wasn't you like but I was expecting was like garage kits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you
5: couldn't sell off your table. They had yeah. a little store there that was you could yep. stuff into. Yeah, but they did change that at the end. But yeah. You know, but but the thing is, like when you would go there, you know, you would be like in our like say you'd go to Louisville or well, Mad Model Party or wherever. It didn't matter what it was you know, everybody was really loose. So if there was a pair of, you know, Hooters hanging out, there was nudity, if there was satanic stuff, if there was, uh, you know, anti-religious stuff, whatever, all that stuff, it was always accepted. No one really batted an eye, you know? But when you would go to these shows, then all of a sudden it was just kind of like you got hit with this other attitude. So we saw that with Kalmbach when they tried to approach us, Kalmbach tried to distribute us. And, you know, if you want to know what would have happened if Kambach would have distributed us, all you had to do is look at the legacy of uh, Miley's Resource. They signed the deal with the devil because he had to get rid of the nudity. But the story I'm going to tell you real quick, there was a guy named Ernie Pettit. And Ernie Pettit was in charge of testers. So testers were sniffing us out. They'd come by the table. And I went and uh, Dave manned the table and I went and talked to him. And this is when Jimmy Flintstone was doing the resin kits and stuff. So they had like a separate line of these boxed resin kits that look kind of professional. And they were also doing, you know, uh, Jimmy was doing parts for them. Like if you remember, I don't know, some of the figure or kits they did, they came with figures. Jimmy was doing those figures for them and stuff. So anyhow, so I'm there, I'm there at the booth. Tester's got this huge booth and they're doing resin kits. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, man, here's a player. We can work with them. And I talked to Ernie and Ernie's probably, he's beyond retirement years. And he'd been there forever. Everybody knew Ernie. And by all accounts, he was a, a good guy, but he was an old dude. And so I'm sitting there talking to him and he's all suited up and I'm all suited up. And he's just like, yeah, you know, that magazine's really interesting. And he's it's saying everything's great. And then all of a sudden he hits me with the thing we'd always get hit with. But you know, you know, we love your magazine. We love the way it looks. And he goes, but you know, it's just, it's just, you know, the, the stuff you're carrying. And I just threw it out there. Is not politically correct. And he goes, Yes, it's not politically correct. And he goes, So I'm not comfortable advertising in, in your guys' magazine because of your content. So as he's saying this, I knew I shouldn't have said this, but I knew, <laughs> you know, what where where he was at with everything. And, you know, I will never keep my mouth shut when someone sticks their foot in their mouth and you know, in trying to t- tell me an answer or something. So anyhow, he says that line to me and I look at him. And as I look at him, he is standing in front of all the new releases. They have, they have like this big display with all the kits are there and everything. So Ernie's right there in front of me, and he is literally framed by Nazi death war machine kits. And I'm sitting <laughs> here thinking, this dude thinks he's going to tell me this, and I ain't going to say anything? And I, I just look at him. I go, Ernie, look, dude. I go, I respect you. I go, I, I, you've been around forever. And I go... You know things I would probably never know, but I said, you know what? I said I think it's it's very ironic that you're telling, you know, what, what we're doing, and we think it's art. Because I would always tell people, if I go, look, you know, you think it's whatever me and my partner feel, it's artwork, and I, you know, and Dave came up with this great rule: nothing can go in the magazine that we went and show our moms. That was that was the basic rule of AFM. Yeah. We could sit there and explain it to our moms. We didn't have a problem with it. I got We're a really stuff.
1: effed up mom. She'll look at anything.
5: So. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't really have too much problems. But anyhow, I just look at him. And I go, Ernie, with all due respect, I said, I really have a hard time accepting that from 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 you as you stand there behind your wall of Nazi death machines. <laughs> and before he even had a chance to say anything, I doubled down and I said, which you can't even show the insignias of. You're yeah. I'm from doing that. And I said... You are following that. I go, this is historical stuff. Now, this was heady stuff back in 96, but no one ever talked about it because no one, it didn't impact anybody. But it was one of the things I always, all this stuff, controversial stuff, I always kind of looked at it and played it out and talked to people. But, yeah, I told that to him, and he didn't know what to say. He, I can't remember what he said, but he didn't really have a comeback. And I just said, you know, it's really a shame i I, I thought we could do you know, a lot of good things. We ended up working a little bit with them, but we didn't. Really you know, I felt like
0: a lot of the guys at RICDA, not just testers, but other companies too, they all kind of were under this delusion that everybody was still a 12 year old kid out in the garage with their buddies, with their little bottles of glass, you know, testers paint. And we're all, and you know, the hobby had long since changed even back then, but they, they hadn't changed with it. And we were kind of like a slap in the face to them. We were sort of like, this is where the hobby is headed it's more guys our age they're doing more and when i say adult i don't mean like pornographic or nude i just mean like alien or whatever they're doing more subject matter that little kids aren't going to be into um and it's kind of where the hobby was growing at that time but uh they would some of the people would come up and just really give us a hard time it was it was kind of ironic that uh so weird we're there at the at the show trying to promote ourselves, and people would come up and say kind of snide remarks, and it was oh, yeah. it was kind of frustrating.
5: Well, another fun one that we had we had an, uh, I think it was Combach that was there because that was the other good story out of that. Um, but you know when you had said you couldn't buy anything, and when it first well, not when it first started, but when we first started going, they had the store that was separate, and you had to sell to that store like wholesale. Yeah, and that's then, like, what I remember lunch. that's yeah. yeah. Six months after the show was over, you would get your cut from what they sold of your stuff. And then people bitched about us. We were one of them. And I think Dave did the last year by himself in 99. I went to, because it was on Halloween weekend, and I ended up going to Chiller. And, uh, but they changed it that last year, that you could just sell the stuff off your table. They got mm-hmm. rid of that store. But, um, but when, we, when we went there you know, on the trade days, on the first year in 96, so the trade days, you'd have all these groups come by. And one of the biggest groups were they they had Girl Scouts there and they had Boy Scouts there. So every people would come down and, you know, if you've never been to one of these Richter trade shows, it's in this huge, huge cavernous Mm -hmm. Chicago Roseland building. And the ceilings had to have been 100 feet high. And it was like literally football fields under, you know, a roof. So the the aisles were wide open. So you could see all the way down and whatever. So as um, we're sitting there watching – all of a sudden it's like Thursday morning and at nine o'clock and they let the school kids in. All of a sudden, school kids come in. And these school kids come up to our table and they're just lifeless. Like they're probably acting like they had to go to a church or something for, you know, the the uh the bus trip. And they come up to our table and all of a sudden everybody's just going nuts. These kids are acting like they're on sugar or something. (laughs) And we told the guys, like, look, you know, this is the beautiful thing about our hobby. It doesn't matter if it's a nine-year-old kid or a 90-year-old grandma. People recognize this stuff. And they always, you know, just want to reach out and touch it. They feel like a connection. And that's what I was always going, telling all these guys. And I'm like, look, I don't get that with a Sherman tank. Like, I get it if I was a guy that would work maintenance on a military vehicle or if I drove it or flew it. You're intimate with that. But at most people, you know, when you look at all these different subject matters, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, that our hobby has got a lot to offer. But a lot of these outsiders, like Dave was saying, especially at that time, they just looked down our nose at us, you know? And we were just like a bunch of freaks that didn't know. Like, we were just a passing fad that was yeah. going to go away.
1: Did you get the same kind of reaction when you go to the IPMS stuff? <laughs> <laughs> is that... Is that... <laughs> That's, even worse, you know it's sort of drink,
5: even worse, man. <laughs> even worse because those guys, you know, it's really changed through the years. But the worst experience I ever had at an IPMS show was in Indianapolis. I set up for it's just a regular local chapter show, and it was uh all day Saturday. But me and Timmy drove in Friday night because you know I don't want to drive in the morning to get to the to, to Indianapolis. So we're setting up, and there's two old bubbas. Two good old boys across the way that didn't had no filters whatsoever, and as me and Timmy, were just pulling our shit out and putting on the table. And one bubba says to the other bubba he looks. I'm just looking right at him. They, they they showed they didn't hide it or anything. The one dude looks at the end goes, "Man, he goes, you believe it? We got to sit across this this bullshit the whole weekend." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, thank you very much, you know." Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of them were just you know they're dying the wolf. They're into you know uh the non-fantasy angle or yeah. movie angle or whatever the a lot of these guys are rooted in they can count the rivets they can count the paint chips All that's documented all whatever and i've had this this is all goes back to the 80s by the way with the arguments that i had but i i got hit with the whole terry how can you model the predator when the predator as a living being didn't exist and i always countered with well you really have to i said i, I go i don't know i said you know, if everything has to be real to model it, I said, I, I guess that's one way to look at it. But I said, what I looked at was you have the suit, the way it looks in real life, you can model it, or a lot of this stuff was always painted a certain way to end up on film another way. So mm-hmm. you could paint it as whatever. But I said, yes, I realized the Predator doesn't exist, but there was real people that designed the Predator and it was a real moving image. So I said, I don't, I don't understand why it's not a real alien and it can't be modeled. But yeah. it, it does bring up, I, they do have a point, like King Kong's a perfect example. King Kong was only 18 feet on, on Skull Island. He's 25 feet in the city. So these guys that are all about scales and whatever, you know, it's it, it does, you know, everyone's done this. Like the Star Trek ship. If you try to model the inside of the, the Lost in the Space ship or this or the, uh, the Enterprise, which I don't know jack shit about. I've heard from all the people you can't put all that shit they show in the movies write this down Terry
1: said he didn't know something about something know (laughs) something
5: yeah so so again you run into these people with these mindset and what are you going to do and I told Dave you know we're we're just going to do what we're going to do enough people will like it and that's what we've always done
0: we found our audience you did and I think a lot of those people have lost audience over the years you know it's just a different mentality and the hobbies have changed and they're dying okay. off too. going to, back to going back to uh, Richter real quick. I remember the year that I did it by myself. Dave Boyd helped me with the table. But uh, a guy came over that I hadn't met the year before. A real nice guy. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but uh, he worked. Not Joe <laughs> <Well>, No, <laughs> he worked He worked for Combot. <laughs> and he came up and he said, I think he goes, um, I think I may have talked our boss into carrying you guys. Because the year before he came over to me, we were talking, he goes. He goes, everybody loves your magazine, but our boss hates you. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, what are you going to do? So the next year, he says, I think I've kind of talked, worked it out. He goes, if, if you will let us polybag them, then uh, we're willing to carry them. And I said, well, I'll let you polybag them if you do them on a non-returnable basis. Because if you're going to force my hand to seal a magazine that no one can look at before they buy it, then I expect there's going to be a lot of returns. And that's not fair to us to have to not only pay for the polybagging, but then get hit with all these returns at the end of the thing. And he goes, well, we can't do that. I was like, well, then I can't polybag. So that was as far as it went.
5: Yeah, but no, actually, Dave, what happened was they came to us in 96. Because I remember I was there for the two years. Mm-hmm. They, remember, they kept the top 10 list of what all the stores wanted. And we run that top 10 yeah, list. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then... So they came and they said, you know, we want you. And we were like, well, we want to be wanted. Yeah. (laughs) And we're (laughs) here. (laughs) But, but, but then I, but, but but I don't know, I don't know what tipped me off, but I said, but wait, I said, "Um, so what do we need to do? And then they're like, well, before we do anything and then they did, he was another guy and he says, you know, and they, they always had a hard time saying it, but they're like, you know, we're, we're a little concerned about your, you know, your politically, you know, content and whatever. And we're like. Well, we don't understand. You know, we'd always play stupid, and they're like, "Well, you know, the boobs, the devils, the boobs." You know, the 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 the. the and we're the talking heads.
0: like solar wind stuff, really tame. You know, we're not yeah. talking. You know, yeah, yeah, outrageous. They saw it
5: as hardcore X-rated yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. and like I wish it was that. I mean, there was on. no kids doing disappearing finger tricks or any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, it was all you know. Like we said, we we thought it was art. You know. But these yeah. people like, oh, you know, you, you got these nasty, you know, these these boobies in there. And you're like, uh yeah, you mean mammalian protuberances? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like they acted like it was really sinful or or it's like back in the fifties or something. And we're just looked at, yeah, what's your problem? You know, but they they always had a problem with stuff. So anyhow, with the thing, they they wanted us and we said, Well, okay. And they're like, Well, wait a minute, your content's politically incorrect. And I remember Dave looking at them you know, like in this incredulous look, like, well, wait a minute. You just said the people want us. Right. But, but in we went through it. Yeah. And it's like, but, but you want us to trade it or change it. And they're like, yes. And then we were, and then that's when I said, well, wait a second. I said, what are you bringing to the table? You know, if we're going to change our our editorial content direction, what do you bring to the table? And they said, we bring you 4,000 orders and I go, well, what's that predicated on? I mean, said, literally, every time we're going to get 4,000, or is that something like a formula? Because I knew about Kambach just through them, through other uh, companies that I, that I dealt with them and whatnot. I found out that they were conservative. They had like pff, over 40-some titles at one point, Hobby's largest distributor of, of print magazines. So they came back and said, well, there's 2,000 Hobby stores. This is in 96, across the United States. and." So our, our method is, guys, that if, if every store orders 2,000 or 2 copies, that is your 4,000. So I go, they're not guaranteed. And he goes, no, they're not guaranteed, which a lot of people don't know this. When you do a magazine, you work with the newsstand. If you give them your inventory, it doesn't come back to you when it doesn't sell. It gets shit canned. So you're, you, know, you better have a good product because if it doesn't sell, it gets thrown away. You don't have access to it. So Kambach had said 4,000 copies is the potential. I and mean, Dave literally just looked at each other. And was like, yeah, that's not going to do it. Thank you. And that we went our way. The second year they came back. That's when they told us we were in the top ten. The second year they told us we were in the top three. Now they really wanted us, but they came with the caveat: you had to, you know, to do that. So then, that's when Dave, you know, that the poly bag. Yeah. He threw up the poly bag, Dave, and Dave immediately said back, "Well, you know, you're hamstringing us because people." You know, anyone that gets the magazine, they just pick up a magazine and look at it. But they, you know, thought and thought rightly that if they couldn't see it, you know, we'd be on the hook for that. Plus, they wanted us to pay for the, 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 the pricing. So yeah. the ironic thing out of all of that that went over everyone's heads, we declined because we want to stay the course. We didn't think like Dave has always said this, like if you're going to sit there and put it behind a screen, or, you know, do whatever you're going to do with it and say, oh, this is nudity. You know, it's like you're, you're pre-categorizing you know categorizing it and you're leading people into thinking it is filthy mm. or whatever. So what ended up happening out of that, by 99, they kept trying on us, didn't get anywhere. Well, in 99, uh, Fred DeRuvo, the publisher of Mother's Resource, we would cover that show every time we did it. I don't know if he knew about it or whatever, but he ended up going to it in 99. Right after that show, he gets up there and he's all proud to announce that he signed a deal with Kambach. And I told <laughs> Dave, I go, Phew. I go, Do you believe this? I go, I said, he's gonna sell out and he's gonna try this. And I said, the, 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 the heck of it was this is coming from the same guy who had just got done a three or four-year tour promoting his wife as a nude the model of a nude figure kit that he was selling under the banner of Modelers Resource. So, me, they just kind of looked at us like you can't make this shit up in this hobby. No, you can't. So he he got rid of it, and then in 2000 was the first copy. Was when the new Star Wars movie came out. I don't know if you remember it, that first one of the reboots or whatever. And testers or whoever it was, I can't remember. It might have been Revel. Someone had the license, so he had all the Star Wars kits on the cover of this debut issue. And it's where he went in and announced to everybody that, hey, we're getting rid of the nudity, you know, Combox distributing us and everything. And he started that in 2000. And I want to say it lasted maybe two years because I don't think he got much, much out of it. I mean, it was it was a no brainer. I mean, how do you go to an <laughs> audience and then all of a sudden start trying to sell them G-rated movies? You know, you never put that genie back. in the bottle. No. So. So, yeah. So that was another thing that happened at there. You know, how, how does it feel
1: happen? to basically outlive testers, as Scott and I found out over the weekend?
5: <laughs> hey, Dave, Dave me talk about this. It Doesn't matter if it's our contacts at Diamond, our contacts at the printer, testers, polar lights. I've gone through so many. I got so many cards, so many addresses, so many. Yeah. Everyone just changes. They they're lucky if they're there for six yeah. months. And you know, yeah. so that's really it's. Like a lot of things, man. I just I got two or three Rolodexes full of people's names through the years, of everyone that I dealt with, and it's like you go through them and you're like, holy wow, you know. It's almost feeling like you know, like what an alligator must feel like in today's (laughs) mammal world. We know it.
3: Stuck on that. You have a Rolodex, Dave? Do you have a Rolodex? (laughs) I do
0: actually. (laughs) I've got dust on it, but I do have one. But no, I mean it's sad when you say like testers. I mean, there's a lot of companies that have come and gone and companies that have been around for decades and decades that are, the fact of the matter is hobbies are are changing. Uh, you know, young people have different interests and it's just not the same. So yeah, it's interesting going digital has kind of forced our hand to try to change and do some things differently. And granted, we've only done one issue. So it's, it's too early to <clears throat> claim victory or defeat, but, but, it's going to be interesting to see where we go in the next year or so, if this thing is going to work. Um, it's got every, every chance of working, but it doesn't mean it's going to because people are so fickle. Um, you just don't know. Yeah.
5: Well, the other thing too, is there's so much stuff going on out there. If you're yeah. computer savvy, all the sales going on, All just, I'm not computer savvy. I go up there and it's just like everybody's trying to sell you something every mm-hmm. day. It's, you know, stuff, hey, we got this on sale, got a spring sidewalk sale, I got this, I got that. And, yeah. then, you know, and then I can't find anything sometimes on the thing. But that's what I told Dave. It's gonna take, you know, like this is a runaway freight train. It's like we gotta get it going on the other track in the other direction and it's gonna take time. But so, so far, what we've seen from folks, you know, they I don't know what they were expecting. I think most of them were expecting it to be downsized. And, you know, in typical fashion, we we did the exact opposite. It literally is probably about double. (laughs) Yeah. But that was the one good thing about doing it digitally. Is I don't have to worry about, especially Dave. You know, like I have to worry about when I sign the articles, keeping track on, you know, not signing too many and making sure they don't get too wordy, and then Dave got to make it
0: all fit. What's nice is before somebody at the last minute approached us and said, "Hey, I've got this little article I did, and it would be great in your next issue." And even if it would be great in the next issue, I just couldn't use it, because the page count is already locked in, everything's solid. But now, heck, like I'll add another 10 pages. What the heck? You know, it's yeah. it's going to make us a lot more flexible, uh, which is going to be good in the long run for everybody. So I think you know, to
3: me too, there were more photos in the
0: articles, like Steve's article. There, well, were a know, there, of were, there was a lot of photo-heavy you know, articles. I mean, and yeah. it won't probably be this way every time. But, you know, mm-hmm. with some there were some really elaborate dioramas and things done where, you know, suddenly you're you're looking at 50, 60 photos for an article. Right. But, it gives, but I mean, you know, it gives you the flexibility. It gives you the flexibility. Well, before, if somebody strange. sent me 50, a 50-photo 50 article, I would literally have to sit there and figure out how I can trim it down. This mm-hmm. photo looks a lot like this photo, so I'll just skip this one, you know, I don't because I just the- couldn't get them all to fit unless I made them poster stamp size. Now, mm-hmm. sky's the limit, you know, with digital. So real quick before, is, we, we, big
1: before we get super into the weeds on the new issue mm-hmm. two questions and then you both might have a different answer answer for this but what do you think was like your pinnacle year your best year this is day for you i'm in the groove i know what i'm doing this is like i can do this with, without even looking and terry like my like what was the year you're like this is we finally did it everything's great this is our best issue best year like when did it all finally just kind of? Hinched together. And then the second part of that is what in Terry and you and I have had this conversation, but what brought about the digital change? Like what happened this year to make it go? So best year and then what caused the change?
0: Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I honestly can't say what best year. They're all a blur to me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I can tell you some of the issues that I think are some of the better issues early on that, you know, are turning point issues, but as far as a year goes, I honestly can't tell you. Um, it it is, it's a blur. I feel like the magazine is always kind of inched forward, you know, steadily, not that not every issue is as good as another one, but, but I feel like we, we've never really just had a a run of bad issues. You know, we've always kind of had a, had a a slow inching forward. Um, and you know, it's a testament to our writers that everybody's done really good work and, and we've been able to uh, and i can see that i out. totally
1: i see what you mean like it wouldn't when you're right there in the weeds it's hard to see but over time yeah no i get you yeah I get but i look
0: see. back like like for me i think even to this day maybe my favorite issue was the diorama issue you know that we did i think it was issue 40 if i'm not okay. mistaken um i love that issue that because that's really what i i like to do that's that's kind of, mm-hmm. i don't have the time for it anymore but i mean when i do I love to create dioramas and, and it was nice to see the caliber of work. And I thought it was a really strong issue and I'd love to do others like that. But now, you know, like I said, being digital, we can be flexible and have some dioramas in there that have nothing to do with the theme. Yeah. If we get them in, you know? Um, and then as far as the digital, what was the question on the digital part? Uh, well, with Terry, like when,
1: what caused, Oh yeah, what was the path? Like everything's great and then it's not great. We don't need to publish this anymore or can't what caused that to happen
0: <laughs> i think um, it was it was several things you know for one thing we've seen a steady decline in what we call our standing order list which is we were always set, we have, we were having problems going through distributors hobby distributors to get to individual hobby independent stores uh, they were all wanting the magazine but they couldn't get it from you know distributor x so uh we just decided to do what we called a direct to store contract and we were doing that and for a long time we it was a fairly hefty list of stores and over the years you begin to see these stores going out of business and going out of business down to the point where that list is getting smaller and smaller and then uh we ran into a situation where uh you know cost is getting to be a factor every time you turn around you know paper's going up postage is going up um And the price of the magazine's not going up because we're trying to keep it reasonable. But at some point, you know, your hand's kind of being forced to do something. And um, it was kind of a number of factors that all kind of came together. And Terry, I'll tell you, I didn't want to do digital. I was dead set against it, actually. Um, I had no desire to do a digital magazine. I liked having something tangible. We are kind of a collectible with a lot of people. And I just felt like... Yeah. I mean, I just felt like, you know, okay, we've made it this far. If if this is the end of our run and we ended issue 70, which was the uh, reader's choice, which is kind of a nice thank you to our readers. I would have been fine with that. But Terry was kind of like, won't it bother you not to know if we don't try it, you know? And I thought about it and and he was right. You know, you do kind of wonder, you know, if you walk away, what would have happened if, so we decided to take that leap and, um, it wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. We gave all our subscribers the option to bow out if they didn't want to do, go digital. We had a, We had a small handful, much smaller than I expected, actually, and uh, so far, so good. Um, but we've just done one. you know we're not going to yeah. beat ourselves back <laughs> too hard yet, but we'll see how it goes over the next few issues. you
3: know. I liked it. I, I you know it was it was easy to read um I think people have to get used to reading a PDF yeah. and um realizing if it looks small blow it up you can blow it up you can make yeah. it bigger so you can read it yeah um but I I liked it a lot and and you know as you know Dave I bought I think there's now two out there or one out there I don't have the zombie issue but all the downloads that are out there of the back issues you know, it's like... And I'm slowly you know, working on yeah. those,
0: trying to get those... You know, yeah. Slowly, slowly, oh, I'm slowly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the big thing for us was, and it's, it's not to be like a cop-out or using it as an excuse. It was an actual fact. As COVID came along, a little thing called mm-hmm. COVID, and it killed it. I mean, b- bottom line, you know, newsstand distributors told us, do not send the issues. They'll sit on a pallet and be, and be tossed. So we lose newsstand. Well, that's a big chunk of our profit. So there goes newsstand. Then suddenly Diamond's not taking orders for the time being at that time. So suddenly we've lost our comic distribution. And uh, then there was issues. Like I say, there other issues behind the scenes. But um, all that came together to where it was like, we really don't have a choice. We we tried one issue at a lower number. Terry luckily uh, caught the printer before they had started the run, and we were able to to adjust our numbers or it would have killed us. Um, we'd, we'd be building forts out of the boxes of magazines. <laughs> that could be fun. AFM <laughs> yeah. yeah, wrapping uh, yeah. paper. <laughs> but we saw the writing on the wall, you know, and, and it just kind of became a thing where we didn't really have a choice. It was either go digital or, or quit. There was really no other choice. Yeah. So we went digital.
5: I'll ask you, when you're talking about, you know, when we hit our stride, to me – it's all measurable. I know, Dave, it's a, it's a blur to Dave, but things slow down for me. I would say, like I, I think we're like in the middle of hitting our stride, not to brag or anything, but we hit our stride decades ago, in my opinion, probably by, by the end of the 90s. But I've always thought that if you look at the health of the hobby, and there's just certain indicators, because you know, since I'm the one that sits there, it's like the traffic cop at the intersection. You know, like how many people are coming through? Like they put counters down on roads, and you're like, "Wow!" After a day or a week, this is a really busy intersection. So with the issues, if you look at them, you can judge the health of the hobby. If you have our issues, you can watch it. It's almost like watching a chart. So, like the the best that we ever did, when the most popular that we got, was right at the time of the hobby. So look at like our review section. Me and Dave used to do the review section, just the two of us. And I think the most kits we ever reviewed was like a little over 30 or close to 30. And I remember like thinking, Jesus Christ, when did we have the time to do all that? Because as people got in, we started doing less and less. So you can look at like, say, an issue from 97, 98, which would be like around issue 12, 13, 14, or whatever. You'll see all these reviews and everything, and you'll see all these announcements. So you look at the issues, you got four or five pages of announcements juxtapose that to what's going on today how everything's changed and that was one of the things you know dave left out one of the reasons there was many reasons to do what we did for digital the biggest one was the covid we were in my opinion on the cliff and then covid came along and didn't leave us any room and pushed us over but leading up to the covid thing like dave said we you know i still have all the the contact sheets of all the people we used to bill. It was like four or five sheets. You know, we really got that magazine built up where we were printing well over, you know, ten thousand between twenty and fifteen thousands for probably close to fifteen years. So we had all sorts of contacts, all sorts of businesses. And little by little, it's like I tell people, you never feel your hair grow. You wake up one day, now Jason, you got it hanging off your chin there, spinach chin. But my point is <laughs> You don't feel your hair grow. And it's like, if you've got a big business or whatever, you see little things come and go, you know, through the months and whatever, but it never it comes as one big thing like COVID came, right? So that's one thing I could look at the magazine and say, well, when the hobby was going, you know, we were humming out, we had all these different articles, different categories, but you know, trends, 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 change. We had to change direction of the magazine and stuff. So if you follow the magazine, especially since 2010, Take a look at how many people are submitting stuff and you can clearly see we're not even doing a fraction of what we used to do. That's forced me to go off and other things. I've literally said to Dave, I want to get rid of the review column. I want to get rid of the announcement column, you know, just because the announcement column, we're up online announcing stuff months after other people have been announcing it daily. And I'm sure all you guys have seen that when someone has a new kit, gets blasted out there on every site time and time again. And then, oh, I'm gonna sit there and write something. Now for the guy that doesn't have time to do that, it might be news to him, but you know, it's something me and Dave have been talking about. Like, what do we do with the announcement column and and the review column when you know everyone's got their own mouthpiece to promote themselves and they're not sending it in? I'm kind of like, Well, hey, I'd rather use that space on other stuff. And Dave's got his angle on it.
0: Well, I think too, you know, I mean, granted, there are people that aren't living daily on the computer to see what's happening on all the forms and the forms are becoming more and more fragmented mm-hmm. uh so it is kind of at a point now where you know i think you can show some stuff in the new product section but you have to kind of figure out what that's going to be uh you do i mean there is no reason to show something 6 months old 8 months old i mean you show something that's already sold out what's the point of that well that's
5: so. the other thing you know another problem that gets in this cuz you know again no matter what you ask us guys there's just layer after. It's, it's not a black and white issue on a lot of this stuff. There's all these gray areas. And one, he just pointed out one of them. You know, in addition that people aren't sending stuff in, you know, you got these guys. And I just hate this mindset. But it started years ago when the, when the uh, chat room started coming on. It started turning into, hey, you know, what do you guys would like to see? And everyone would say, well, I want to see this. They would do the kit. Then people would be like, well, okay, I listened to all you guys, but no one's buying this kit. So then I started into, what do you guys want to see? And then sign at the bottom line here and give me the money. Then you started seeing people running off with that money and it was iffy. Does the kit get made? Does it not? And then I'm looking at it like they're literally trying to run their business on other people's money. And they're not prepared if if they have, you know, if they if they trip up, they can't recover from that. So that went on for years. It's still going on. But now all out of all of that, what I've seen is it's just been morphed down to, hey, I only want to sell 30 kits. Like I just saw one. I think it was on a Jaeger kit. It said he's only going to do 75 if I'm reading this right, because I don't really read a lot of this stuff. It's a beautiful kit. He says he's only doing 75. It's already sold out on pre-order. And it's like, well, what, what do we do with a kit like that? If I put that in the magazine, have Dave do it or anything, it's just going to throw gas on a fire. That happened with the Blade Runner kit was a good example. Then I got people telling me, no, Terry, I'm not going to send you anything in because I don't want to have to work. I don't want to deal with all the orders, which to my response is, then why are you making (laughs) a kit?" And a lot of guys are doing it this way. They only want to do it on their time. So a lot of guys at Louisville qualifies this. They go to Louisville, they have their business cards, they have their models, and then trying to get a hold of them two weeks after Louisville. You can't. Because they don't want to make models or deal with it until, guess what? Until next year when the next Louisville comes out, Then all of a sudden they're back in business. So us, as someone trying to promote the hobby and everything, we need to, be, to know what these guys are doing. And if you're going to sit there and do something so close-end, well, for us with being Quarterly Magazine, you're untouchable. Unless you're going to be in a historical article. You know, where we're yeah. going to catalog what you're doing. I mean, even so with that, us, we're doing
1: this twice out. a month and... We showed a kit last last episode
5: and it yeah, was, it was already fun.
1: sold out. Like already yep. gone.
5: <laughs> like my- I know. And like I said, I don't get these guys. Some of these guys have a license to print money. Yeah. Me and Dave yeah. had this conversation from day one. And our joke was always, if we had half the talent of some of these guys, we we would be we would own this hobby. But it <laughs> but again, it's you know, it's like casting. You know, we've always said it's me and David, like someone wants to make a cleanup in our hobby, become a caster, become a good caster That's and fine. stick with it. But no one will do it because it takes a mindset. You know, like, like look sure at, does. at the garage sure kit. Scott, they, how's your they, mindset? They do they're fun, you know? <laughs> or like a podcast. How many people are doing podcasts right now? And they don't know about editing and, 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 and research. Yeah. And if you want something that stands the test of time or people want, you know, you got to have a good game plan going into it. And a lot of people don't. They just literally do it, fly by the seat of their pants. God, and the next know. thing you know, they're like, I'm done. I'm just out of this. And that's what I was worried about, Dave, getting towards the end of this. I thought, oh, my God, can I pull him back in to get him interested in doing digital? Because, you know, we've been through a lot that no one, no one has ever seen. I mean, he knows what I know and vice versa. But we yeah. don't go out there and tell everybody, you know, hey, this is what's going down and it's all bad.
0: <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the old joke. No one wants to see how the sausage is made. Right. You know? <laughs> and we, we We try to keep a facade to a point because we don't want to like. Freak people out at some of the things we have to deal with, but but uh, you know, in the scheme of things, it's not that bad.
1: But I mean, just talking to Terry, I know when you were trying to decide what was going to happen, you sounded worried, and I I felt bad for you. I really like this is your baby, both of you. This is your oh yeah, you know, and to be on the verge of it going away forever. I mean, that's that's a tough. thing. I don't think thing. people I, realize.
0: I mean, we've been doing this for what twenty six years now. I think it's twenty six years. Um, I mean, there are you know people I talked to at uh, Wonderfest that weren't born when we were doing our first issues. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's mind-blowing.
1: How old is it, that Robson it, kid? Is he like 26? Robson.
3: <laughs> now there are.
5: There's people I've talked to, and I'll sit there, and I'll throw out some year, you know, oh, that was 88, whatever, and then, you know, will be like, I wasn't even born yet, you know, just like.
0: Well, you know, we've always talked. We'll be at the table, and somebody will come by back in the day they'll come by with a stroller and they got their kid with them. And now their kid is coming by with a stroller. Yep. You know, it's like, it's literally gone another generation. And Hey, you know, we've, we've put a lot of, of time, energy, blood, sweat, tears, everything into this. And it is hard to walk away. And I thought about it seriously. I mean, I, it was like I said, I, I was really debating if I wanted to take that step and, uh like I say Terry kind of talked me into it. And so far I'm glad I have. I mean, it seems it seems promising. We're not, like I said, we're not going to know for a few more issues whether this thing is really valid, uh if it's going to last or not, uh, be strong. It's hard to say. But because as the subscribers run out, they're gonna to have to start buying the issue, you know, as we promote it. And it'll will they be there? Will they buy it? If they do, we will, we will probably do better than we were doing before with print. Uh so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you yeah, still going to
3: offer subscriptions? Are you guys still going to offer subscriptions? I mean, if someone we wants to say, really or- I
0: mean, my thing is I wanted to, I wanted to run the subscriptions out so that we're kind of starting with a fresh uh, okay. plate. And at that point, do we need the subscription? Because if I send everybody's on our mail list, if I send everybody a notice that a hey, issue 75 is now up for bo- you know, up for sale, and they can go and just buy it and download it, Did they need to subscribe for that? It's just as easy to contact them. I, I really don't want to be, and I, I'm sure Terry feels the same way, we don't want to be holding people's money. If we decide at some point to pull the plug, you know, then it's like you're left with all these questions of what do we do. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to be holding on, sitting on people's money. So uh, it kind of works out better not to have a subscription, but then it is convenient for people because they can kind of forget about it for a while. They just know the issue is ready, but I'm still gonna to have to send that link for them to go and buy it and download it. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of things we still have to figure out. we're kind of looking at, you know, we want to add a little video here and there to the magazine. There's a lot of things we want to do. So it's just going to take a little time to get to it.
1: Um, Scott, what did you suggest? Hyperlinks, right? Yeah, hyperlinks, Those, not to know, suggest things, Well, they're,
0: they're actually in the issue. Okay, you go to the ads and like if it says blackheart.com, go there? you click on it, yeah. and there's a hyperlink there.
1: I just got to remember mm-hmm. for when I'm writing, I can do that and I can put it in there. And then,
0: well, that, be set you know, there. the problem I was having with adding the hyperlinks to the ads is how, how large do you make it on the page? Do I make yeah. it just over that address or do I make the whole page a hyperlink? And then when I do that, people touch it by accident. It's jumping them all over the place. Yeah. So I went back to making it small. So I don't know. Like I said, there's there's going to be a lot. There's a learning curve. Uh, Just like back in the day when we started, and I'm sitting with the the manuals in my lap, it's kind of all starting up again. (laughs) I'm having to figure out different ways to do it digitally. Um,
5: We're open to, you know, one thing that the magazine's always had, you know, and I've noticed this before the mag, doing whatever I do, you run into people that really like garage kits, and they know they need the extra push because it's not this big, high-end you know, commodity that's going on out there. But they always have like, you know, a vested interest in it one way or another. And they're usually offering their services or ideas. And I told Dave, once we take this thing digitally, hopefully we're going to run in some people, you know, maybe, you know, smarter than us on the technological level and give us suggestions or point us in the right direction. You know, we're going to meet new people because that was the other thing, you know, in, in going for the magazine, there was a myriad of reasons. And like I said, getting pushed over the edge was the COVID. But one of the biggest things leading up to it, and unless you dealt, you know, with a mail order service was the postal rates. They're just insane, you know. And we we've had this talk, you know, yep. we yep. talked about yep. one just, of the kids who had the mail and found yep. out like eighty bucks to mail a resin kit over to Europe. And I'm like, on the magazine, it's a ten dollar item, send their magazine to Europe, uh, Australia, uh, Japan. You're looking at about eleven fifty, upwards of twelve dollars. <laughs> And every year more than the
0: cost of the magazine. Yeah,
5: more than the cost of the magazine. So that just devastated our our international sales. We had the hardcore guys still getting their subs and stuff. But I looked at Dave and I was like, you know, how many people have heard of us? But even more importantly, how many people don't even never even heard of us that might be into the artistic end of things that we do? And because that's what I've, you know, me and Dave have always said the magazine. Yeah, it's a model magazine, but there's a lot of stuff I want to get in there. It's model related. Mm-hmm. We want to. Yeah build this core audience you know and doing it worldwide well you know after working with the hobby for so long i just kind of thought that they're bored with us because you know we're right here you know every month or every issue we're coming out saying hey send us your stuff and they just for the last decade they've just kind of checked out on us for by and large you know except for a handful of people that continue to do the stuff and whatnot so but you know it's been frustrating on a on that level you know trying to do things but There was a bunch of reasons that pushed us in this. They were just slow coming in the last decade. Dave mentioned one, you know, where we had our accounts. We're putting out magazine, my opinion. I don't think we're going in reverse, you know, like, oh, hey, paper's gone up again, so we're going to cut back. I mean, we did that years ago. I don't know if Dave remembers it, but we were averaging 100-page issues there for a good 12, 15 issues, I think. And then when the paper rates went up, and the hobby started dying down. this would have been after 2001 um you know we we opted well okay we're just going to cut back on the page count and we ended up going to i think 78 and then you know towards the end there we were at 72. so you know there was all sorts of things whether it's the paper it's just all increases in prices plus your stores are going out of business you got your model shops closing they're not closing because they can't sell our magazine they're just closing because it's a typical mom and pop looking at what the future holds and they don't want to deal with it. So they're getting out. So you're literally getting like painted into this corner slowly by slowly. And I was trying to lean with Dave to get something going well before we did. I was trying to do this best of issue, but we had some production problems uh with the state of the earlier issues. So then I was like, well, Hey, what about going digital? So you know, Dave had this big concern about copying, which is always out there. You know, I mean, for all we know, you know, the mag's been copied, but we've taken our safeguards. And like Dave says, we're just going to have to take this and, you know, hope that people are being honest and they're not getting that thing and, you know, shoveling around and, you know, taking off some sales on us and everything. Because we need pretty much every sale we're going to get from here on out. Because this is all we've got. You know, we don't have yeah. any other sources of incomes with the exception of, uh, you know, the, the ads that we have, you know. Well,
3: let me ask a tough question. And if you guys don't want to answer it, we'll delete it if you have to.
5: Boxers. Are you guys
3: worried? You're probably commando web. Um (laughs) I am. Are you guys worried or or are you just accept it's gonna be part of it? Someone downloads the PDF and then they share it with three friends, and there's three issues that would normally sell. Um, or are you hoping everyone just wants to support and say, Look, I'm buying it. If you want it, you buy it too. And you know,
0: we gotta keep these guys going, you know. I'm not I mean, of course it's, it's likely to happen. Uh, you would like Mm -hmm. to hope that it doesn't. My thing is to be blunt. I mean, if it happens and it becomes an issue, that'll be the end of AFM because I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this for nothing. Right. And we're not a, it's not like we're an expensive product. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if people like the hobby and they like AFM, the support is, is crucial. Yeah. Um, and if, if they don't see it that way, then they will be the reason we go down. Right. And I didn't
3: want to put that out there to give anybody ideas because I well, you hey. can
0: safeguard you can safeguard uh to an extent. There are things out there that you can do. And we're doing some of them. But you know, let's be honest, I could go online right now and in five minutes download the new Rolling Stone or the new Esquire mm-hmm. or it, you know, it's it's out there for every it, if they can't stop it, we can't stop. It. But you'd right. like to think that, you know, it's a community type type of thing and you'd like to think that support is there. Um yeah, like I say, uh, my thing is look look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, do I like A.F.M.? Do I want to see another issue? Then hopefully, you know, you buy it. So uh,
1: thanks for putting it that way. Like that's I think people need. No, and that,
0: that's yeah. a good way to put it. Well, yeah.
5: again, it's only ten dollars. You know, when you look at yeah. some of these kits or other collectibles or whatever they're doing, it's like, yeah, I get it. There's you know, there's a carrot dangling there, but yeah. like on a ten dollar thing, if you can't
0: even do that, and I think we try like- to make we try to make that. Easily worth ten dollars. We try to make the magazine a good value, you know. Like I said, just this first issue. I mean, we doubled the size. We've never done one this large, uh, and it may not be every time, but but you know, I feel like for ten bucks, you're getting a lot for your money.
1: And I, uh, I didn't hear one complaint. Like everything I heard was positive from everybody. Yeah. Like the fact that you can just zoom in on pictures. Yeah. To some people, is a huge thing, and you can look at things closer. It you can it's on a big screen. If you want to look at it on your TV, you could, there's ways, you know, um, no. it's. And if you're working
3: on a specific kit, you could print that article for yourself yeah. and take it up to your, you know, you don't have to have your computer handy you there. Could, or you have you the...
5: guys saw our buddy Jen's. I saw he printed hey, the whole printed. thing. And I, yeah, it, yeah, that was I was going to price that out at Kinko, see what they would charge <laughs> to do that. Cause it, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, it's not something I would recommend, but. But, but yeah, if you that, really need a paper hard. copy,
1: there's a way to do it.
5: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it, you know, that's one of the things, you know, in, in going through this with Dave, because I was agonizing this well, you know, well before it came to the, the point that it did. But I just thought, you know, I, there's a whole process of doing this. And after you've done something for 26 years, you know, you had this like a, a lineup, a series, legacy, whatever you want to call it. Then all of a sudden, you know, that cover, Dave does the most beautiful covers, you know, whether it's someone else's work or his work. And then knowing that you that just stops there, you know. And now all of a sudden, you know, like what it reminded me of personally was, you know, I was doing all these shows, and you know, I always go back to that moment in uh, Wayne's World where he introduces himself and he says, "Look at my hairnet collection," you know, because he's got the hairnets and the name tags on the walls. I've got all my name tags from all the shows, and then all of a sudden, you know, at whatever point they started getting rid of the name tags and they started going with them stupid mm-hmm. wrist bullshit things, which you know it's just and you're just kind of like man I had this good series going and then now and it's kind of like with the magazine you know it's tough to swallow that it's like wow I can't hold this thing but there it is you yeah. know and it's it's kind of a, a shock but there's been a lot of unhidden va- hidden values in there I think people are discovering
1: Yeah I think the future's bright I think I think it's going to do well I really well, do. the
0: response yeah. was surprisingly good I was very pleased yeah. Uh, not that I expected a lot of people to be nasty about it. I mean, I had a few people that would email me, and be like, "I'm really disappointed, in you guys. I, I I love the magazine. I collect the magazine. You know, it's like you're 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 killing me here." And I'm like, and my answer back, and I'm always nice about it, but my answer back is, "Well, would you prefer nothing at all? Right? Or you know, because it would end at 70, and that would be it. You know, so at least now there's something to look forward to." Um, yeah. Well, my funny thing
5: I thought was. You'd have these guys electronically contacting you that you had to stay in the dark ages and, you know at the printing press, printing this while they're communicating online at everyone else's that's talking yeah. about the hobby. But no, we have to stay chained to the wheel and keep the presses going, you know, which I kind of thought was ironic. But, you know, everyone's got a different take on it. And then that was the other thing. It was kind of for me. I don't know if cathartic's the word, but I wasn't prepared. What I was prepared for was dealing with the BS of going to a thousand plus people and saying, hey, are you going left or are you going right? I mentally was Mm -hmm. prepared for that. I was not mentally prepared for the outpouring because usually what I hear from people, you don't get letters, you don't get people calling me up. But when they would renew, they'd be like, man, you guys are doing great. You know, little snippets, of little attaboys, Mm -hmm. you know, and same thing at the show. You know, he'd walk by and it's not uncommon, someone slapped me on the ass. You I was going to
1: say, remind me to pat you on the ass. Yeah,
5: you know, and that that's about what, what, I i know Dave's got his world and whatever, but that's when I'll people say. I'll pat him
1: somewhere else. We'll see.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try the front approach on him. Yes. But <laughs> the bottom line is, you know, I wasn't prepared for the outpouring. Some of some may call it grief. Other ones were just like, you know, like unexpected surprise, like in not a good way. But most people knew it was common. But a lot of people took the time to write almost like about a page response. That's what I was not ready for. Like all of a sudden go, wow, man. Because like Dave says, to me, it's a blur in putting my head down doing what I did. But it wasn't a blur. I can remember all of it. But in doing all that, you you don't sit there and count the years and realize, like Dave says, you know, it's only when you look back and it's like, Oh wow, I knew that guy before he was married. I knew him before he had kids, before he, his kids had kids. I'm even starting to see those kids have kids. <laughs> That's how long I've been into it. And that yeah. that will make anybody like straighten up and go, wow, you know, this this is a thing. Whereas well, I'm just doing it, I'm just looking at the next year like I'm, you know, I'm still mentally like, get all this shit done while I can get it done. But seeing these letters, it it was it was it was uh, it was good to, to see it because yeah. I'm so busy doing stuff and these people would be like you know A F M uh, because of A F M this fill in the blank and I'm not going to go through and say all the stuff but it, it does make you realize that like wow you know some people actually read the magazine and learn because I'm usually getting the guys that just gloss over everything you know like if you're going to sit there and wait an ad boy you know how it is with some people. You're never going to get it, so but that was kind of cool seeing that, but it was all over the map, and I like i said i I had to take all the time to read it, but more importantly, I had to take the time to respond to it, you know so, but most people you know I, I said to Dave, I, you know Dave' was like, no one's going to want this magazine <laughs> I go, Dave, I go, you got to quantify this then I said, to him, what's your percentage? How low do you think these people are going to sign up?" And I think he said like 40% or less. And I was like, no, nah, I'm saying 60 or higher. And as it boiled down, not everyone has gotten back to us because again, everyone's doing their things, but I would say about two thirds have responded and easily 90% because I literally counted it out. I wanted to I quantify it. I was What's that? I was shocked. Yeah, man, like 90, man, they were down for it. And I told Dave later, I said, you know, Dave, Everyone said they didn't want the magazine to go digital, but we never said what would happen if it, you know, like what's your response if it does go digital? And that's what we found out that, yeah, I don't think most people wanted us to, but but the, the answer was, but we'll stick with you if, if, if you go that way. So hopefully they will because a lot of them were on, a, oh, I'm going to, you know, just take this, you know, case by case, see how it goes. Yeah. So, and I just told Dave, I was like, you know, these guys crack me up. For twenty six years we've been putting out this magazine. I go, if these guys think that I'm gonna waste the opportunity with more space, more, you know, opportunities and whatever, my biggest problem is is that like the hobby's just kind of forgetting about us. They're just not sending stuff in. I gotta yeah. go out and mine it. And when I go out and mine it, I may get it, I may not. So, like I told everybody, if you don't wanna be in the magazine, I'll find someone that does. Because that that's not gonna stop me from trying to
0: cover it.
3: Well, I wanna to touch on, you know, Dave said. Earlier on, you know, yeah, I like the tactile, you know, have the magazine in my hand. And I've always been one of those guys as well. Yeah. But as technology has progressed, and I realized that I have a magazine box with 70 issues of Amazing Figure Modeler. And if I want to access something early on, it was easier for me to remember hey, this article's in issue 21, this article's in issue 15. Okay. Now I couldn't tell you. Okay, so I look at the advantages of digital are way easier to access. You know, if you start buying the back issues, way easier to access and go through and find an article you want, or you, well, you know. know,
0: another thing. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people really know about this because we haven't like advertised it. But the website, when we launched the new website, it's it's searchable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you know, because I get people, they'll they'll email me and they'll be like, "Hey, uh, I'm looking for a uh, an article." Did somebody ever do an article on a Jaeger mummy? You know? mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, gosh, I can't remember. But if you go and search the search bar, it will tell you, it, it covers the articles. It doesn't tell you about the reviews or the it section stuff, which we, we want to work on that eventually. But right now, every article is searchable. So if you go in there and say, you know, what about a Volks whatever kit, mm-hmm. you know, If we covered it, if there's an article on it, it's going to show you what article, what issue it was in. So there is a searchable database on the website now that I think a lot of people aren't, aren't aware of or, or taking advantage of. Because I am just—I mean, me especially, having done all these things, when I, when I go back and uh, like right now, we're, I'm trying to get some of the older issues ready for putting up as digital files. And I look at these, I have no recollection. I look at these things page by page. I'm like, did I do this? Did I lay this out? I don't even remember it. Yeah. There'll be occasional things I remember, but it kind of scares me sometimes that it's just, it's that much of a blur to me.
5: Oh yeah, it is. Cause he'll ask me like, he can't remember. You can quiz me right now. Ask me any issue. I'll tell you what's on the cover. Yeah. And, and, but again, I used to know the articles, but it is, it's, I'm getting to that point where shit's going in and it's getting shoved out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like you can ask me like a lot of stuff about that. But, yeah, the one thing that I've always, you know, as years goes by, these people are checking in. They're looking for the needle in the haystack. And that's what I told Dave. I really want to go through and see if I can't, like, for every issue. The biggest things the list wouldn't be the contents. It would be the review section and the announcement. Mm-hmm. And, again, some of those kits, that's the only place they were ever promoted. There was only, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I yep. said, most of the guys doing garage kits, they couldn't promote themselves out of a paper bag. You know, and I don't mean to sound that to be mean. I'm saying that as working with these people, what they consider promoting themselves, because I'm always sitting there, you know, just trying to, you know, give them as much as I can of myself and the magazine so that, you know, we can, we can promote them and whatever. But back in the day, some of these guys just wanted to do it. And some guys went out of their ways to stay anonymous. Mm -hmm. They didn't want any coverage on it. So, like I told all of them, you know, when people would ask me about when I was taking pictures, they're like, why are you doing this? And I was like, in 20 years, you'll know why I did it. Well, here we are thirty years later. Yeah. And I'm glad I did what I did, but I'm I'm really regretting some things I didn't do. But again, you know, when you you know, this all goes back to Super Bowl commercial where there was um you know, D- Dave Dave got a football team down in Nashville. We never talk sports. And he gets a hockey team and he gets a football team, and all of a sudden I'm talking sports with Fisher, which was kinda weird. It took me <laughs> a year or two, you know, to get used to that. But when all that happened and everything, I forgot what the hell I was gonna talk about. Um uh, what the hell was I just talking about? I just spaced out there. <laughs> Welcome to
1: Terryland. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. This isn't
5: the first time this has happened to me. I was using that for a reason. I can't remember, you know, uh, a lot of these guys never really, you know, this stuff just wasn't documented. And then it's the kit, you know, that someone's looking for. It's just whatever to you, me and whoever else. But to them, it's like, I've run in these people all the time. It's like, they've got to find this kit. So I've always done like, well, I know it was listed here. You know what I'm saying? Like you just got these little nuggets of whatever. But other than that, there's really no way you could track a lot of this stuff down. That's how these guys were in the hobby. You know, they just fly by night. So that was the whole reason I did my first book back in the day. Some guy called me up trying to, you know, just saying whatever, wanted to be uh, in, in the conversation. And he told me he did this kit. And I knew damn well he didn't do the kit. Someone I knew who did actually sculpted the kit. So between that and some other things, I was like, you know, if if people don't start writing this stuff down, what's it going to be like Yeah, 20 or 30 years from now? So the history that is always important, to me, you know, with there's certain things.
1: Two things. So, the first thing is, I have an idea and you might not like it and you don't even have to say you don't like it or not. Oh, tell them if you don't like it. Uh,
5: I hate you, Scott.
1: Uh, a coffee table book of just the beauty shots from every if- issue. Like hey,
5: you know, yeah. no. Yeah. Yes. People have, no. People have talked about that. That's again, what I want to see. Well, anybody, you know, everyone comes up with these ideas, and Dave will be the first to back me up. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do a coffee book thing, then you need access to good photography, a great modeler, and the great kits. Well, no, I'm and just that...
1: talking just the old issues, like take all oh, the old a, beauty into shots into from the magazine. Do a retrospective of AFM of the beauty shots from each issue, and just make it into a, like a book like that. Uh, and and kind of do the history that way as well. That's what I was getting at. Not a current one.
0: New copy. Well, yeah. you know, we've talked a little bit about possibilities of a best of or something down the road that we could possibly do. That'd be cool. And it might actually now obviously be possibly a print item of some sort. That it's not not a issue, but it might be a special of some sort. Yeah. It could possibly be done. Cool. The nice thing about digital, the one thing about digital that it opens us up, you know, One thing we didn't really talk about, we tried uh, other avenues, like we did amazing vehicular modeler for two issues. And it was a kind of a fun thing because Terry and I both like those kind of wacky show rod kind of kits, you know, there. And uh, we wanted to do something like that. We did two issues. I was very pleased with them. We just couldn't get support. You know, we we could not get enough advertising support to really make it a viable venture. We talked about an amazing sci-fi modeler. Uh, as a special which still could be done now all this stuff could be done digitally and and be much easier to do we wouldn't we wouldn't assume a lot of risk other than time well the other thing
5: just not to interrupt you Dave but you know if anyone's wondering out there you know everyone thought and it pretty much is it's the end of the magazine as you know it with the print but I told everybody that like you know with these special projects or whatever if it you know required a print and we could get the order on it and get it out there it, I never said that when we went to digital that we would never ever absolutely never ever ever print something. It was just we're not going to do the magazine as that, but some of these other things you know it it could lend itself to it, but again, like I told everybody, the main focus is get the magazine turned around you know on a digital platform once that's secure and stable, then we can branch out, try some other things. You know, go from
1: there. So then, my next question—it leads into my next topic—and then we'll, you know, um, and you don't have to answer this. How many active people, being the traffic cop, how many active people do you think the hobby actually has? Like when it boils down to it, because I'm not asking for your subscription numbers. I'm not asking for any of that. But like when you think about it, how many people? Because we have what Scott, two sixty subscribers, maybe. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I'm trying to think. I don't know how much more, many more people there are than that. Remember that... I told
5: you about all the gray layers and yeah. everything? Yeah. Here's all the gray layers to your question. <laughs> so it's like you have your little world, we have our little world, and it's mainly garage kits. But then you have the IPMS. You have the establishment. And then you have, now you have the world. Like you have IPMS chapters outside. Like I don't know if you know, IPMS started in uh, Great Britain. In the '50s, I believe, and it wasn't brought over here to like the '60s or whatever. But they have chapters all around. So then we have resin modeling, right? Then and that's the one
1: I'm talking about, like plastic model.
5: So if you're talking resin modeling, well, you know, again, the world kind of came in because I noticed with the internet, you know, around the early 2000s, you started seeing all these people showing up. at Louisville didn't know about it because they and knew about. That's where we're headed. <laughs> the... Yeah, you, you knew about you know uh, the show because of the internet. Yeah. Right. So. So again, are we talking modeling in general? are you talking about how talking garage,
1: garage kids figure modeling what do you think I think
2: I mean I don't know if I can put a
0: real number to it, but if you look at Wonderfest as an example of the attendance that happens at that show, are those people active? You're at a show they've actually paid money to walk in that door to to wander that dealer room to attend those seminars so would you call them active Yeah. and if that's the case, you know there's couple thousand people there uh it's hard to say because there's like terry said there's so many factions and one thing we've been wanting to do not to like to keep plugging our magazine but but i mean mean, we've wanted to to expand to a point we want to bring some of the miniature guys and the gaming guys and we want to bring in some of the vehicular guys but we're not talking about taking a hard right and having some guy build a pontiac we're talking about the Munsters' coach or a genre, genre-related mm-hmm. uh, hot rod of some sort. I mean, uh, there like are a Tom Daniels type things. Yeah, exactly yeah, that type of stuff. That type of stuff. Actually, Steve's
5: uh, working on the next issue and that that very theme, right there.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of that where we're trying to bring in other things because I know George Stevenson's been doing a lot of miniature work and working with the miniature market quite a bit, and and there's a lot of growth potential there for some of that stuff. Yeah, but. We're just not going to know until we start to get some of that into the magazine and see what the response is. Will it bring in more readers? Will it bring in uh, possibly advertisers, which is which is we desperately need. But
5: Jason, um, answer your question real quick. You know, if you're going to cut everything off and just say the garage kit guys and everything, I'd say maybe five thousand to ten thousand really? would be worldwide. Okay. Because I'm talking about the people that I know. People in this hobby, I'll never meet them. And yeah. I know he came up online. They're just doing what, the, I mean, a bunch of people we've had in the hobby mm-hmm. you know, or in the, in the issue. I'm like, good God,
0: you know, you're, when you you're go to Japan. Boy, I mean, it, it's changed a lot over there as well, but the wonder festival, Terry and I did a couple of those back in the day. I mean, those shows are massive. Yeah. I mean, they're just massive and it's not all models, but at the same time, there is a lot there. So, I mean, the market, it's, it, it's, it's out there, but it's, it's in pockets all around the world. And is there a way to bring all those guys together more? I don't know.
5: Well, my guess is, like I said, just an estimate. But um, if you look at, like, just for example, you mentioned George's show or George's involvement with the, you know, he's doing the smaller pieces. He's aware of the miniature market. The one show is getting like 50, 40,000 people.
1: And that's the one I go to up here. Yeah. 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 What is it?
5: Gen Con? Adepticon. 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 Okay. So you've been all these shows, and mm-hmm. and you know that's like now are all those guys hardcore and whatever? Well, they have no idea we exist. <laughs> I'm telling well, you. And, then, and that's what I'm saying. No that's and, and expound on what Dave was saying. My ultimate goal with the magazine, when we when we get this thing turned around digitally and everything, the ultimate goal I'm hoping for is that we call it Amazing model. Yeah. We're going to drop the figure, and then we're going to look at like you know anything model related, anything building, painting you know, molding, any of that stuff. It's its all game. You know, it's yeah. all art. It's all modeling. And again, we have to look at it. You know, let's just focus on what you said. How many people? Let's just say there's less than 5,000. Well, most of those guys doing that are older. So if we're going to quantify it, then you have to quantify the fact that it's going to be dead in a matter of five to 10 years. You're really going to sit there and say, how many it's guys are doing that? You know, you, what, what you're doing <laughs> here. So what I'm looking at is you know like my love will always be resin my history will always be you know the, the the little resin kits i love the japanese stuff they don't care if it's they could they could literally make it out of rice cakes i think i would be drawn to it that's race. you know there's something about that stuff <laughs> yeah but um oh uh, but you know like like i said if you look at how many people are doing it whatever on that level you know everyone's getting into design, designer vinyl they're jumping ship from the resin stuff. Yeah. And, but, and, and look at even, the 3D printing. I mean, no, that's gonna be another. I haven't even got to that. going will be a whole, yeah, that's that's a be whole a other episode. Part. I'm talking <laughs> you know. about just the old, old school resin the way yeah. we know it. Yeah. You know, and like you said, I never really want to quantify it. Other than there's a lot of people that don't know about us because if you start getting into, you know, uh, uh finite numbers and everything, it starts to look like I said. How long do we all have doing what we're doing? Right. You know. Uh,
1: that brings me to the other thing, Wonderfest. I can't think of Wonderfest without thinking of you guys, an amazing figure modeler. Um, how do you think it's going to go this year? First of all, are you going as, as AFM?
5: I don't know. I, I I still get mixed signals from him. I, my <laughs> ass will be there. I have never missed a show. Okay. With the exception of Mad Model Party, we
0: both missed that one. I missed a couple. I. But. Do I want to go? Yes. Will I be able to go? Possibly. I can't. Okay. The problem I have is I have a elderly dog that requires special care and it's tough to deal with that it, it's so i don't know it'll yeah. depend on if we can arrange make arrangements if not it may not be in cards um i can't bring her with us unfortunately so
3: i saw her sneak up on you a while
0: back yeah she's she's right here our baby girl but uh but she's having some issues and so from a, from a standpoint she needs somebody here with her um she gets stuck you know climbing furniture and stuff where she can't get up or down that kind of thing gotcha so it's gonna it's gonna depend on on that well we hope
1: entry. we see you if not
3: it's yeah, for a good that's why i leave the wife at home but don't <laughs> tell cindy i said that she'll take
5: my hand i ass. can't do that i can't but uh but i'm having well, the what's same your guys prediction for it yeah, i've okay. got a prediction
1: i'd like to hear yours i don't know if I. i don't know
5: all right at the risk of looking foolish but I don't think I will, because I usually predict a lot of stuff in this hobby, and it goes exactly where I think it's going to go. From what I've seen, because I haven't talked to everybody A to Z or whatever, I still think a lot of people are very weary, weary of traveling. So I heard back in the day, if I get my shots, I'll think about it. Well, now they're getting their shots, and I'm not seeing any major thing. I I have to go because of the class. We're still doing the class, so I will be there, and. I think that the majority of the fans going there are older. They're over 50. That's the people worried about traveling. You know, I'm sure you guys realize that Louisville is more oxygen tanks. There's more, you know, jazzies and canes and, you know, <laughs> you know, you name it, you know, there elbow you wraps, I'm, whatever. i signal there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, we're all getting older, you know, and, and it's obvious. I mean, you know, that show's been going on. What year are we now? 20, whatever.
3: Yeah, one.
5: or no, actually, I was going to say it's over thirty years. Yeah. So you know you can't do something for thirty years and not age. But I think the, I think most people are going to ride this one out. I think if you're younger, fifty, and I think they're going to want to get out of the house. I think the money's been burning a hole in their pocket. I think it'll probably be at a fifty percent show, maybe a little bit less. But um, but again, you know, it, it, it's it's again all these gray areas that I always talk about. With the dealers. Are the dealers over 50? Have the dealers checked out? I haven't kept up with any of this stuff. Someone asked about a table. I referred them oh, whatever. I never heard it was sold out. And, you know, that show's always sold out by, like, February or whatever. So yep. if the dealers don't go, you know, then... I
1: just checked. There's still tables available.
5: Yeah. So that right there's an indicator. I haven't even rented a room yet. And I've got to do that. And I'm going to do it this week. You, you can sleep with
1: room. me. I'm good. At, you know, me, me and dudes this in year. beds.
5: And as long as you leave the microphone at home. Then, okay. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's still a bunch of variables, but I think overall the attendance is going to be down because from what i talked about, you know, you guys had a Zoom thing or whatever, and, and the majority were not going. And I just think it's an age thing. If you're over 50, you're probably not going to do it. If you're younger than 50, odds are
0: you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's again, pretty. people could be vaccinated and, and can't wait to get the heck out of the house, and, and that's a good place to go, you know, if, yeah. if you're if you're in the clear. so. Right. Well,
3: that's the thing. I got vaccinated prior to surgery, which was a big deal to me because I didn't want to yeah. go into the hospital germ factory. Yeah. And uh, you know, so you know, I went and got vaccinated. Um from what I understand, you're gonna have to wear masks, you know, and a lot of people are gonna well, wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. Um I you know, I've talked to a lot of dealers that aren't going. Uh you know, it, it's a double edged sword. I look at it as a double edged sword because you wanna support the show. Oh yeah. So so you want to see the dealers go, but on the other hand, you know, what happens to the dealers who spend the money to go and the table and then attendance is down and they don't make any money. That's where they're going to make money. So it's like, you know, how do you support and not support at the same time? Well, that's,
5: I just went through this last November. There was a toy show held in lieu of the one I was trying to do here. And I looked at Timmy and I says, yeah, why not? Why not go to it? It's a venue I'm com- or I am know of. I've never seen it sold out. I go to the thing. Not only is the room sold out, but they pulled another room out that I didn't even know was in the convention center. And mm-hmm. that sold out. So I, I walk in there just thinking, oh, you know, this should be okay because everyone wants to get out. Well, no one wanted to get out. And there was like three times as many dealers. So you could imagine it was one of those shows where people were, you know, tearing down at 10 o'clock Sunday morning.
4: Yeah, They were mm-hmm.
5: just couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. So you know, again, this is a weekend show and, you know, we have all that travel and a lot of people fly and they don't want to get, you know, I, I as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to have no worries traveling. I have no worries about catching any of this stuff, but again, I, I, you know, I just do my thing and I'm, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging anyone who goes or doesn't go. I just wish the damn thing was being held in a time where there was no complications. Cause I don't think it'll be back to normal until 2022. And that's just two years too long.
1: Yeah, I because, agree.
5: You know, I mean, I everybody, I mean, look at you, man. You look like the mayor of Whoville now. Everyone has changed so much in this time. We're not even going to remember anybody.
3: You know? The <laughs> mayor of Whoville.
5: <laughs> right?
3: With the spinach beard. I got it right there. spinach oh,
5: uh... chin. So. I just think it's definitely going to be down, and anyone who thinks <laughs> else, I just think they're joking.
1: You know? Mayor of Uville. Does the mayor of Oudon no. actually have a beard? I gotta see him now. Oh, dude,
5: oh, I, I wouldn't know. have called you that. I would. I, I don't do <laughs> a false
0: accusations. I think you got to part it and curl it. Or I, co-
1: I could do that. Like there yeah. you go. There you go.
0: Mine's uh, not long enough. Hey, it'll work, great. man. It'll be your uh, devil horns.
1: <laughs> could do that. <laughs> well, I, I wish you guys the best. I Like I honestly, I, I mean that from the Appreciate bottom of it. my heart, and. I I think I'm probably speaking from everyone out there. This there is no way this hobby would be where it is without the both of you, and thank you for all the years of the magazine. And I'm really looking forward to where it's going. Thank thanks for letting me be a part of this. the My, sure. stu- my stupid articles, but um, seriously, thank you both. Thank you both for coming on. Hey, and
3: hey, uh, and Dave, uh, Model Mania
1: Six. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be holding your breath on that. One. <laughs> So oh, uh, uh, real quick contact info with the website. How do people get the issue? Re- just throw it out there.
0: Website is uh, amazing figure If you go to the store, uh, you will see the new issue and you can just buy it. You, you, you purchase, you pay for it. You get a link in the thank you that tells you, you know, you click on it and it'll download it for you. Very so cool. that's for the new issues, the back issues, same thing. They're in the store. And you can just buy them individually. We're, we're slowly but surely getting them switched over to digital. Uh, it's a bigger headache than I thought it would be. Um,
5: Everything always hey, is. Hey, bro, what happens if I want to advertise in the magazine?
0: <laughs> and I'd like to tell our, all of our readers, do not order from those old issues. Those, those things are long gone. Um, but the back
5: issues are still available.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. All if available. they're in print, they're still on the website as a print issue. Uh, I'm slowly trying to get the sold out ones done into digital formats.
5: And If uh, they want to advertise, what well, do they do, Dave?
0: Uh, if you want to advertise? Just contact us. Uh, on our website, there's contact buttons. Let us know what you're doing. If you're interested in showing your products, wanting things for review, whatever, just just give us a contact. Uh, we're we're open. We're open for business. So excellent. Still open for business. Yeah, yeah still yes, open, yeah. still open for business, <laughs> but. Uh, and we do. We do appreciate all the support that we've had over the over the past decades, and especially now with the transition, it, it means a lot. So, yeah,
5: there's a lot of cool guys out there that really enjoy their modeling and stuff. And you know, you always hear it's a dying art form and whatever. And then you meet somebody for 20 years, they're surrounded in kits, and you know, they're literally building to you as you talk or whatever. And it's 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 nice to see that people haven't you know abandoning modeling across the board. It's still yeah. a viable art form, but, you know, the way everything's going, we're just going to have to keep changing, kind of keep up yeah. with it. We, adapt. we haven't even talked about the digital thing. That's something else we want to get, you know. Next time we'll talk about night. that. There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
5: So,
0: well, well, thank right you guys. both. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. see you in a month. month. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, see you, Hope
5: see you guys all there. I mean, I never heard. Everyone's going? Or I'm going. Other
1: than, yeah, I'm going.
5: Good. Yeah. Well, Scott, then you need to bring your your pickled liver and bring it in a jar. Hey, I got we'll my card. A, we'll I'm vaccinated. Contest. I'm good to go. There I have go. a contest to name your liver. Yeah. <laughs> Kidney.
1: Kidney
3: Terry. Kidney. Kidney. I'm
5: sorry. I'm sorry. I got your livers over here. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: That's my <laughs> liver that
3: needs a <laughs> It's his liver, yeah. It's Mr. Whiskey that's going to yeah. need a new liver over there. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. All right, take off. care. Have a great night, everybody. Dave, all Thanks. my
3: best to Cindy as well, please. Yeah, I'll do please. it. I'll and do Timmy.
5: Thanks Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for watching. And go to Louisville. Get off yes. your ass and motivate. Build a Definitely. game There, there you go.
1: go. And we're back. Terry and Dave. We're back. Terry and Dave. Thanks, Terry. Terry and Dave. Thank you so much. It was it was a struggle getting them on just because of scheduling stuff before. I'm glad we were finally able to get them on. Um and hopefully we see Dave at Wonderfest. Terry will be there. And we learned a lot. Like I think I'd love to have them back and do a little more of those stories from the from you know certain issues uh but things are looking bright I think for AFM
4: well
3: yeah and if you didn't check it out the, the new issue was really cool to have the pdf and just be able to go through it and uh, I bought all the back issues that they have available and even though I have them all like I told them they're in a cardboard box if I want to access them you know, I got to open the box I got to unbag it I have to you know and it's like so, I like having them at my fingertips, and mm-hmm. trust me, I'm a guy that I want a book in my hand, you know. But I made that change, and I'm okay with that. I don't necessarily know that I would want to read a novel that way, but I'm okay with a comic book or a magazine like that. Um, having a PDF uh, file of it, so that's uh,
1: and we talked about it before you can zoom in on pictures, you can like it's easier to read sometimes like especially if you're starting to lose Mm -hmm. your eyesight um well
3: yeah and dave talked there's hyperlinks and some of it yeah um there's uh you know they're talking about maybe video at some point and you know they're it's early stages so give
1: them a chance yeah and again and dave mentioned it it's either this or nothing so yeah that we were this close to not having afm like it would have been gone and I'm glad Dave and Terry managed to kind of make that decision to go in a different direction because that would be a giant hole to fill. And I don't want to see it go away
2: um, as much as it gives me work.
1: So yeah, for the next issue, Terry sent me these two things to do, which are two little <laughs> ones, a Nazi. And of course it
2: is. You bastard. So,
1: anyway. But some two World War II anime girls, which are pretty cool, but they're tiny. So that's more work to do. Um, emails and corrections. Oh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, that was news and reviews. We, uh, we didn't have anything for emails and corrections. So emails and corrections, we do. We have two corrections. No, one correction. King Kong's penis. It was appropriate not to show it. Because... If you watched the last episode, while doing research, I found out gorillas have actually very small penises and testicles. Aren't you glad you signed up for this? (laughs) So
3: I thought the movie was bad. So it could hide
1: behind a tuft of fur and you would never see it. There's actually pictures of gorillas standing up and you don't see their dink. So I went and looked for
3: that. So what exactly did you search here? Uh, okay, like what?
1: Gorilladingus. I think com. it was gorilla what? penis size or something. You know what? How'd you like to be the guy watching and him? And I was reading going- an article about how humans have evolved with a larger penis and smaller testicles. Like larger so, penis and smaller testicles, but like bigger than, bigger than gorillas' testicles. But chimpanzees have larger testicles and smaller penises. I, don't know. I, I wish I was the guy
3: following your algorithms, going, "What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with this guy?" Okay,
1: and the what? answer is a lot. So that's our correction. They no did it right here. in the movie, and Harry and Hendersons. I don't know, Harry Harry and the Hendersons might actually have a big one. Um, wow, off the rails. <laughs> our other email, and you brought it there, not that's me. True, I know it's my fault. It's my fault. Uh, so, As I was concerned, there was never a Kingus and Congus. So, uh, it jumped right out at me. So uh, Phil sent us an email last week, or last week, last episode, about how his lovely wife has to eat tacos, and but she turns them around, and we didn't quite understand what she meant by that. So he sent us this video of the process. This is Taco Eating
0: 101. To properly eat a taco, you must pick it up and decide which side is the best, but you always need to do a turn to make sure. And I think this is it. So
3: bon appetit.
2: And
1: there's the process of eating a taco.
3: There you go. There you go. You know what though? At least you didn't pick it out of the garbage and eat it. <laughs> I'd like to see your process for
1: that. Oh, it's just this. <laughs> um, well, well done. Thanks for sharing the film. Thanks family. Diane. <laughs> Um, and then I think that's pretty much it. We've got a, a few emails, uh, that we're going to throw some pictures into the, re- the viewer gallery here at the end, Virginia mm-hmm. Peters sent, uh, Ludo and the Caterpillar from Labyrinth and Marty sent us some more stuff to check out. And then of course we have some stuff from Stan arts as well. So did we, Virginia is the one that anything? won the, um, yep. Yep. Raffled, the uh, uh, um, the phantom phantom okay yep.
3: and marty's been emailing you for a little bit and uh he friend requested me and i've been talking to him on and off and uh he's a little older than me but a lot older than you and um but we remember a lot of the same stuff so we've had some good conversations and uh super nice guy and um again david stan stan arts um
2: commissions available and uh yeah here's the stuff and that's
1: our uh episode this week what did we solve any any world's problems anything i tried to solve
3: some (laughs) world problems when we were out and about but
1: yeah i had to pull up the windows that's the end of our episode uh yeah that's the end next time again we got tony cipriano coming and Keeping our fingers crossed. Finger, yes, that's
3: he, he yeah. hasn't done Zoom yet, but I'm oh. going to try to do a practice Zoom.
1: Oh, that and we reached we we want to try and oh no, this thing's been in my face the whole time. We oh, wanted I like it better there. Yeah, we wanted to uh, reach out to uh, dealers for Wonderfest. Nobody really bid on that, which <laughs> kind of makes me worried a bit. So yeah, and not a lot of people again. If you want, you know, a lot of people really liked the gallery
3: at the end. We got a lot of comments yeah. on that and we liked it so send us your stuff um it's not a contest it doesn't have to be great it doesn't have to be gold medal it doesn't have to be anything send us your stuff um yeah, yeah get in there and um get tony on hopefully next week and uh Talk about 3D uh, sculpting and garage kit stuff. Tony's been around a long time. Nice guy.
1: Yeah, it'll be really cool. It'll be fun. We'll talk
3: about the King Kong that he's still working on. That he better finish.
1: So <laughs> Scott will murder him.
2: Ah, uh, I'm
3: not the only one. There's a bunch of us that want this thing. It's beautiful. So well, cool.
1: All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you in a couple weeks.